0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to another episode of Endurance Chat. I am Michael Zalavari, and today we are going through the GTE entry list for the 2021 Lamar 24 hours, and joining me, I have Chris and Chris, our GT experts. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hi. Uh, something like that, Chris. This is going <laughs> to get really confusing. I'm just going to refer to you as Kiwi and Chris. Done. Nice.
1: Yeah, how, that's good
0: how is everyone? How is everyone enjoying this lead up to Lamar? Uh,
1: as of right now, not good because the Packers are losing.
0: Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Wait, there's other sports in the world. To be fair, I do spend most Ooh. of my time watching oh. other sports. What about yeah, you? Lost. Go ahead. Last great. and lockdown. Ah, yes, that old lockdown Uh-oh. thing. Yes. Fun times. Can't believe it's still still happening. Anyway, that's another conversation for another time, guys. Lamar, right? Bring it on. I'm yeah, excited what's about that this race? one. Yeah, what, what's that race? What's that race? It's just the biggest 24 hour race in the world and with the biggest uh, GTE field that we've seen in a little while. Is that true? I'm not sure. It's still a significantly sized GTE field. Uh, eight cars as a pro class and 23 am cars. Uh, how do you guys feel about that sort of split uh, just uh, off the bat? Uh, we know that GTE Pro is going through a bit of a transition at the moment, but 23 GTE AM cars is a good number.
2: It's a great number. And it's, well, it's 31 GTE cars, so half the field overall GTE, which is fine. It's great. But the 23 AM cars, it's in times, the times that we're currently in where, you know, COVID money's tight for a lot of people. That's 23 people willing to throw their money, their significant money behind GTE entries. That's just Awesome to
0: see. Absolutely, and uh, Chris, the GTE Pro field is a bit lean, but for the first time in a little while, we've got the Corvettes back at lamar and with the first time the C8.
1: This this is true, and it's very nice to see them back after a uh, year hiatus. Of course, they did do the uh, six hours of Spa Frankerstram, which was, of course, Oliver Gavin's retirement race. So unfortunately, he won't be here racing. For Mans, but I'm sure he would at least, hopefully, be here in person at least watching it at home. But nice to see the two of two Corvettes back. A lot of history, um, some character to the race, and some big success over the years as well.
0: Uh, Kiwi, uh, GT racing at Le Mans has a, a long and storied history. Just give us a bit of an idea of the context of the the Grand Touring classes as the the sort of second secondary classes in Le Mans history, if you can.
2: I'll I'll try to sum it up. So, for those who aren't aware of what GT cars are, maybe this is your first Le Mans. Welcome. Uh, GT cars, they're based on the cars you could buy on the street. Admittedly, the upper end of the budget. So your cars like your Ferraris, your Porsches, you know. Cars you can go out and buy if you want it. But then they're stripped down, just absolute racing machines. These cars are a bit... They're GT2 cars officially, so... We've been through a couple of phases of GT racing. We had GT1 uh, back in about a decade. So that was your really, you know, your things like your Maseratis, your Spikers, your, your original for GT. And they were insanely expensive to run from race teams' point of view. So you, so you had GT1, GT2 class. We got rid of the GT1 class and now we've got GT2, which is now GTE. And you got Pro and Am. It's a little bit more accessible, a little bit more accessible for the amateur drivers. And some of these cars now can be converted between GTE and GT3 spec. So it's a great class for uh, the amateur driver, great class for young up-and-comers, and and a great class for manufacturers as well who want to show who's got the biggest cojones.
0: Absolutely. And in the pro category, the full-fledged factory teams, we have three uh, factory outfits uh, running uh, two cars each and plus uh, two additional cars uh, for Porsche, uh, who are servicing two customers. So we'll crack into GTE Pro first. These are the factory teams with. Almost, almost full pro lineups in all eight cars. And what we'll do here is if you're following on on the entry list, we'll go uh, manufacturer by manufacturer. So we'll keep all the manufacturers together. And that's nice and easy because that's how they are on the entry list. So we'll start off with our current WEC championship leaders, the Ferrari AF Corsa teams uh, running the Ferrari, 4, uh, Ferrari 488 GTE Evo spec. Uh, AF Corsa uh, the two cars are uh, uh, number 51 Alessandro Piaguidi James Collado and Combe Ledegar getting the call up for the third driver in the 51 car and in the number 52 it's Daniel Serra, Miguel Molina and Sam Bird a late replacement for Davide Regon, uh, who returned a positive COVID test uh, I think late last week so Sam Bird uh, who was a former AF Corsa driver let's not forget a few seasons ago has been drafted into that team all platinum here, uh, the the Ferrari has been a very strong car, guys. What do we think straight off
1: the bat?
2: Uh, was it a positive case for Egan, or was it actually after effects?
1: From oh, the of, of course, yes, yeah. Those after effects from his vicious wreck at uh, Spa. Uh, yes, uh, the one pretty people uh, get people pretty worried that uh, stir the race. Luckily, he's all fine and well. He's just you know healing up. Just needs to take more time to get one hundred percent. So it's 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 nice of. To see uh, Sam Byrd with the replacement because he's definitely not a not a bad pick, uh, and he's actually fighting for the uh for formerly E Championship as well. So if he gets a championship, that'll be bring uh, you know, he'll be bringing high confidence to the streets of Lamar come uh, race time.
2: Absolutely, finish right to one. But anyway, these so six cars, are, um, these six drivers are amazing.
0: They, they really are, and we're going to be saying that a lot about the drivers in this field. There is only two drivers that are not Platinum rated, and for those who don't know, the driver rating system the FIA uses, Platinum is the top rating, so it is a quality, uh, quality group. What about the Ferrari this season? They're currently leading the championship in terms of the, GT, the Manufacturer's Championship in the WEC, uh, but they haven't had it all their own way, despite coming away with a win and uh, three second places in the three races that we've got so far.
2: Uh, the thing with GTE Pro this year is the VOP has really kept things incredibly tight between the Porsches and the Ferraris, uh, the two makes we see, and the WEC. So it's actually really hard to be uh, top three, admittedly, of four cars, but to be constantly at the top of the field has been really difficult this season. So they've actually done reasonably
0: well. Are they actually ahead, though, currently in the... So, so, in terms of the manufacturers, in terms of Ferrari oh, yeah. versus Porsche, they are ahead. Um, okay, but yep. in terms of the Drivers' Championship, uh, it is actually the Porsche number 91 mm. team that leads. Uh, but uh, James Collado and Alessandro Pierguidi in the number 51 car is second place uh, with uh, a first and two seconds. So that's, that's how it stands at the moment. But that, that, that's what I thought, yeah. Either way, two points. It's very and tight.
1: Yeah. I know, like the mention that you got more specifically with Alexander Perguiti and Koma Edgar, Those are your 24 hours of spa champions. Yes. At, yes, last, they are. They're coming, a, they're coming off a 24 hour win. Obviously James Colado's the full time guy in that lineup. And then you guys, you have Daniel, Sarah, Miguel Molina, Sam Bird, no slashes of their own. And some of these guys, did they, they didn't even have a week off. Um, just considering, uh, literally in less than 12 hours of this recording, uh, it'll be Lamont Test Day, and some people are racing Fumley E this weekend. Some people, uh, more specifically, Daniel Serra, he raced Stock Car Brazil last weekend, currently leading the championship points on that. So these guys aren't getting a break, but still competing at their, at the top of their game.
0: They're certainly staying match fit. Uh, this is a, a, a scary group of, of drivers if you're driving anything but a Ferrari. Uh, of of those six drivers, who do you reckon has been the fastest so far this season? Big way I you think? I have to look. I'd I have to look.
1: I think I would have to agree now. I don't play stock into the stats and and stuff like that. I mainly just watch the races and go, ooh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool stars. Um, but I did do think Perguiti, um, uh, he definitely impressed me. I know it's not WEC, but at the 24 hours of Spa, one of the fastest guys there. Um, comb he's definitely you know, you will become a blank pan champion for no reason, especially as a stacked as a grid he competed with uh, that season. Back so, in 2016, I, yeah. I, think, I think Ferrari's gonna give these manufacturers a run for their money. Yeah, and uh, let's not forget as well, Combe Ledegar,
0: last year's Super Bowl winner in GTM, driving the uh, Lusic Racing number 61 Ferrari. Uh, So he certainly has the one lap pace as well as the endurance. Spirit. So uh, if you're a Ferrari fan, I think you can be very, very hopeful for a good result at Le Mans. Let's look now at the American contingent of Corvettes. The C- uh, Corvette C8 are making its debut at Le Mans. It was slated to come along last year, but of course with uh, the COVID restrictions and travel vans and the logistics, it wasn't able to make it across, but they've made it this year and they're bringing along a battery of six platinum drivers in the number 63. It is Antonio Garcia, Jordan Taylor and Nikki Katzberg. Uh, so two drivers of the regular, uh, IMSA, uh, driving lineup. And then Nikki Katzberg, a former BMW driver, uh, if I recall correctly. And then in the number 64 car, it is Tommy Milner, Nick Tandy, and Alexander Sims, another former, uh, former BMW driver. Uh, I have not been keeping too much track of IMSA this season, truth be told. How have the Corvettes been doing? Have they been unsurprisingly at the top of every single race?
1: Uh, Apart from Sebring and Road America, where they were bested by the WeatherTech Porsche, they have been on top of their game every single race. Now, there's been an interesting trend in IMSA. Um, The number three lineup, I want to say, or the number four lineup, that would be uh, Tommy Milner and Nick Tandy and Alexander Sims. Um, Those guys in IMSA have only been winning... The races that do not score points. So oh. the Daytona Carolina qualifying race, and I don't believe Bell Isle will score points, but they won those. But the three in IMSA, which would be Antonio Garcia, you know, Jordan Taylor, and Nick Nikki Katzberg, they have been winning the races with all the points to, to offer. Um, so can the curse be broken here? Can that lineup that you know Tommy Milner, Nick Tandy, and Alexander Sims, uh we're going to have to see if they can beat the curse that seems that seem to be placed on the Mr. year in IMSA. See if they can actually you know win a race that... Well, technically, this is Corvette. They don't score points in the WBC. They aren't full-time, so... I was
0: about to say, Le Mans, yeah. Le Mans is not a point-scoring event for the IMSA championship, so that bodes very well for the number no. 64 yeah. group.
2: My question was going to be to you guys, when's the last time we've actually seen a Corvette properly
1: competitive at Le Mans, though? 2016 when they fight, the year they fought with um Aston Martin wasn't it? That was oh, 20. I was gonna say 2015.
0: 2015 was the year yeah, that I they won. won after Jan Magnussen oh, Binder in in um, in the practice sessions, and so they only had one car for the whole race, and they won. Uh, was it 2016? 2016 was Ford versus Ferrari. 2017 was when they were in the last lap battle with the Aston Martin, which was Daniel Serra, by the way, in the Aston Martin, I think making his Le Mans debut that year. Uh, but the Corvettes Corvettes have kind of been one of those uh, those sort of odd prospects for the WC because they're not a, a full-season entry a lot of the time. I, and I don't... I. I They've done one race this season, but they get kind of plugged into the BOP. And so it's very, very difficult to adequately gauge where they're at until they're actually Mm -hmm. qualifying. Um, So it's, it's one of those weird things that we're not really sure how the BOP is going to shake out until the cars are actually on track.
1: Well, isn't it, Auto the auto BOP system, except for Le Mans? yes. So
0: Le Mans has its own BOP system in place, so we won't know how well the cars are matched up until tomorrow at the time of this recording or later today. I would,
1: I would, you know, uh, retaliate that probably until uh practice, yeah, practice, uh, because test day we don't really know much of anything, we'll get some idea, but it's not a complete picture, mm. uh, practice puts a little more pieces of the jigsaw puzzle together but we won't really 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 know the true pace until that super bowl session
0: yeah exactly right uh now what about the the debut for a brand new car at lamar here as the c8r uh we've seen it perform well in imsa we've seen it uh has it taken a daytona victory surely it's taken a daytona victory yep Yep. yeah So it it has proven endurance capabilities, but Lamar is a different beast entirely. How confident are we that the C8 is going to be able to last a twenty four hour event at you know, in the streets of France?
2: How long has what? the C8 been around for now? Three, two, three years? Well, it's no. This is its second season. <laughs> second year, yeah, your second season. But it's it's had a season of Daytona's and sea rings. last year was COVID related, but still. It's had a long enough time to bed in. I don't think there's going to be any problems with the car's reliability. Just question marks on its pace.
0: But is it
1: going to yeah. sound as good? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's the key problem. Um, no, Kiwi does make a good, good point. They, they debuted last year. I got to see a debut at Daytona before all the COVID uh, stuff started happening. But yeah, two 24-hour races under their belt, two Sebrings under their belt. And heaven knows that's a challenge of a race by itself. Just doing two of them and then as far as I remember um this year Corvettes were really only down because of a you know on track incidents I don't think it was really anything to do with their reliability. so i I think they'll be in good shape for Lamont all, in in all, uh, all honesty I just think it's if they're gonna be out of the race I think it's a good to do for some uh, on track shenanigans
0: okay fair enough. Let's talk about the two additional cars that are being uh, run by, well, sorry, two additional Porsches, not the factory teams, but two teams that are stepped up into GTE Pro for the Le Mans event only. We've got the number 72 Hub Auto Racing. This is a team that won its entry through the Asian Le Mans series in dramatic fashion uh, at the end of the series uh, over there. If you haven't seen the last race of the Asian Le Mans series at Abu Dhabi, uh, Abu Dhabi? Yes. Uh, Yas Marina. Uh, definitely check that out in the lead up. uh Hub Auto Racing, they've uh, elected to jump into GTE Pro with the Porsche, uh, with their drivers Dries Vantor, Alvaro Parent, and Maxime Martin. Now, that is a terrifying looking lineup in any category of motorsports.
2: That's horrifyingly horrifying if you want these other seven competitors. Drees, he's only still a gold because of his age. There's no other reason he should still be a gold.
0: I, I don't think he's technically achieved. Well, he's won a Blank Pain Sprint Series, though. That's the thing. I'm surprised at that gold rating as well. So uh, for the record, Drees is one of the only two drivers in this entire pro field uh, that has a, only a gold rating. Uh, so not a platinum rating. Yep.
2: Who's better, Dries or Lawrence?
0: Oh, Lawrence, uh, definitely. Awesome. But, but Dries
2: Drizzle, is catching. Uh,
0: it's it's like splitting hairs, but Lawrence has yeah. just that a uh, little bit more experience. Mm. And the other two are just Crazy good. Yeah, so so for those who might not recognize these names, Dries Vantor is a former Audi uh, WRT driver. Uh, came through the ranks, and won a blank pan sprint series, and now has been a bit of a, a gun for hire. Has won the GTE Am class prior in at Le Mans, uh, winning with JMW in 2017, uh, <laughs> 18? 18? Uh, Alvaro Parent won the... Uh, the Bathurst 12-hour in 2016, the first year that Kiwi and I went, well, the only year that Kiwi and I went together, <laughs> um, uh, at the seat of the McLaren, won the Bathurst 12-hour, and you don't win that by being a slouch. And then Maxime Martin, uh, a, a former BMW factory driver, uh, again, is very, very quick, is crazy, crazy fast in a GT machine. So these are is a, a very good trio of drivers that Harbordo Hub Hub Racing has put together.
2: Yeah, is this team being run by Harbordo as they've got dipsy proton involved
0: i think this is being run by absolute oh no uh, by hub auto so i think it's, it's, it's run, okay yeah that
2: for me i think is the one thing that's potentially gonna because this will be the hub auto's first 24 uh and,
0: at this level yes they may have done a dubai yeah. 24 but uh mm-hmm. at this level in this sort of competition um it's certainly in a pro class yes it is yeah see
2: Lamont is a special beast in terms of strategy and how your team works in the pits and all that sort of stuff so if you're a rookie team it can be quite difficult to find your feet early so I think for me the key is how they adapt the team the
0: lineup is good enough to win this class even even with a gold rated driver yes Chris what about now, you what are your thoughts
1: well I was going jump in and be a little contrarian here according to driver db unless someone comes forth with any new information alvaro parent didn't race at all this year um how is that going to affect his um tr- going back into the car uh, for having for not racing for that long at least according to the information that i have received it's gonna be interesting luckily he'll have test day i don't think it'll pose too much of an issue, but something to think about. That you know, you guys you have Dries and Maxime uh, racing a lot this year to compare to Alvaro Parents, you know, first time getting back in the car. after some of the
2: experiences he is, he'll be fine. Like I draw analogies to supercars and Alex Prima. Yeah. He doesn't drive anything all year. He comes over and finds stuff at the point of the field.
0: Absolutely. And he's uh, they've shown to be to be good drivers, uh good ring-ins in that respect. Uh just a quick correction, Maxi Martin actually raced with uh with Aston Martin, not uh BMW. Probably also raced with BMW as well. And yeah, he's raced with everything. He's raced everything. He's raced everything. Man, uh so that's one of the Porsche teams. Uh that's as far as the driver lineup, that's a that's a pretty scary like, driver lineup uh the other Porsche team that's been run as a customer outfit is weathertech racing now this is uh something you'd be very familiar with uh from the states chris uh it is the cooper mcneil uh, driven and sponsored proton run car um of cooper mcneil mm-hmm. as a silver earl bamber and Lawrence vantor they are getting bamtor back together brigade the band
1: tour. back together um yeah so I'm going to make a bold prediction. They're not going to win because they only seem to win at races that I attend in person, and I won't be attending Le Mans, France. So uh, cut these guys from your f one picks right away. Uh, but no, seriously, uh, this could be the sleeper, unironically, Whoa. if they play their cards Whoa. right. See, what happens is, the reason, they get very lucky breaks. They, Cooper McNeil has been qualifying the car and starting it because obviously you don't want Cooper in for the finish, so it's smart just to get his drive time out of the way. If Cooper, if Cooper's drive time is mostly under full course yellow and safety car, and if he just keeps it on the lead lap and they just get get his drive time done right away, I, th- I think there's a potential there because I mean, but Bamber and Vanthor are, are menaces on their own. It's gonna be tough to beat them when it's just those two. When it's Cooper in the car, it's basically just gonna be a uh, make good time. Keep it on the lead lap mentality, but limit the losses. Interesting. I'm, 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 I'm gonna be following this car. I'm gonna be not choosing it for FWEC, but I'm gonna be keeping up in the lifetime time to see how it goes up and down the field according to the driver changes.
0: Chris, uh, sorry, Kiwi, I heard you protesting while Chris was talking.
2: I was protesting. I was gonna say, giving me new strategy seems to be shithousing your way to victory. <laughs> oh, Correct. Basically. Uh, we saw it most recently for those who aren't aware, we saw it most recently in the Olympics with the New Zealand men's football team. It might not be very good, but you just get that little bit of luck to do well enough to succeed.
0: So okay, so the thing is uh IMSA racing you kind of get uh m- mm. more consistent luck of just through the way that the caution procedure is, so you know it's a it's a long caution it, it involves a wave around it's uh something that you can eat up a lot of drive time. Lamar isn't like that Lamar has a lot more of a a free flowing element to it, so there's not likely to be long periods of safety car unless there is a major major incident and of course the minimum drive time in this class is six hours, so that's six hours of time that Cooper has to stay with the other Platinums in the entire race. Uh, As as good as Cooper McNeil is as a silver driver, I don't see him being able to stay on the lead lap over the course of a two-hour stint. I, I just don't don't think that's possible. Uh, well,
2: just, just simple math. Let's say he's four seconds of slower, a lap slower than the leader in the class. Yeah. You know, that's, what, four seconds a lap over 200... 200- Two hundred ten seconds. That's you're going to lose a lap every forty laps. So pretty much losing a lap every two hours.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I. Quick, quick maths. Mm. So th- that 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 is the issue here. So McNeil is going to be the, the anchor in that team. Um, but on the other hand, Bamthor, That is a reuniting of one of the classic IMSA partnerships from uh, two or three seasons ago remember Earl Bamba has an overall win here in the Porsche yeah. Lawrence Vantor has a GT Pro win here in the Porsche so they're certainly certainly filled with talent and experience around this circuit
2: yeah and this, would prob- this is possibly Earl Bamba's last race in a Porsche for a while
0: really yeah
2: yes he's um, I was reading today he's been rumored that he's going to be driving a Cadillac from next
1: year Ooh. Oh. Breaking yeah. news
0: here at Endurance Chat. Oh, yeah, make me, gonna, that's uh, going to make me Dr. sad.
1: Donnie, Donnie O'Connell.
2: Yeah, no, he um, he yeah, he he yeah, got asked about it today. He, he's firmly said, I've got nothing to say
1: on that. Oh, my God. Oh, Ooh. my God. I hate so it. We're, uh, while we're dropping bombshells here, it's not as big as a bombshell, what Kiwi Chris is pointing out. But from inside sources at the Imps around at Road America, a.k.a. the guy from Team Hardpoint EBM, Earl Bamber Motorsport. They play in the field, a second car at Petit Le They want to. So Ooh. that's that's the word that's going around. So in, in exclusive information on Endurance Chat.
0: Gross. I can't believe we're doing this, but okay, I guess we're doing this. See, okay, that would make me really, really sad because, uh, of course, that uh, group that won uh, the Le in 2015, Earl Bamber, Nick Tandy, and Nico Hulkenberg, if within six years, all three of them have left Porsche, I mean, of course, Hulkenberg is a Formula 1 driver through and through, so that's what he's been doing, and that's fine, but like, El Bambi and Nick Tander, they're like, uh, wait, no, Bambi and Tanda, Tandy and Bamba, um, it's, <laughs> it's going to be before. a shame to ha- see them leave the Porsche program, especially with the uh, LMDH program up and running very shortly, so uh, sad times, uh, but Anyway, this car is going to look pretty. Uh, It's going to look a little bit like a a mix of a a Brumos car and a WeatherTech machine, so I I do look forward to seeing that. Uh, do Do we think that they have a chance of a podium in this class? Not if they're losing three laps with Cooper behind the wheel. Okay. I think that's pretty comprehensive. Uh, now let's talk about the, the other WC full season entries. The two Manti Porsche GT cars. Uh, so these are run, of course, as factory outfits, uh, run by Manti. Uh, these guys have been, uh, the, fastest in patches through the WEC season, but they've had problems with keeping their, their tires together, particularly, uh, especially at Portimao. Uh, but uh, the championship leaders at the moment are the number 92 car. Uh, that is Kevin Est, Neil Jani, and Michael Christensen. And then the number 91 car has been the car that's had a bit of struggle with pace so far. That's been uh, jean Maria Bruni, Jimmy Bruni, Ricard Leitz, and Frederick Makovicki. Now, I've got to say here Kevin Est has been the fastest GT driver this year and it's not even close can the the Porsche solve its tire problems enough for this trio of drivers uh, S Yanni and Christensen to be a, a a proper fixture up the front do you reckon Le Mans isn't
2: the hardest track on tires is it
0: It's n- not hard on tires that's the thing like like Michelin uh has built their tyres to be able to run four stints at Lamar.
2: Yeah. So their tyre problems are going to. I don't think I going to say they're going to, going to go away because the query will be, you know, what happens when they get to stint three, stint four? But I reckon they're going to be the best chance of actually solving them here. And that 92 lineup is crazy.
0: Yeah, not only do you have uh, Kevin Est, who's been the fastest driver so far this year, you got Neil Johnny a former LMP1 driver, who has a Le Mans victory as well, by the way, overall, and Michael Christensen, a former uh, GTE Pro world champion, uh, who we like to rag on, Chris, about forgetting that one time in that one podcast we did like four years ago
1: now.
2: we we're, weren't professional.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the Porsches, yeah. Chris? Uh... I think it's clear cut. No point of arguing The 92 is just based off what we saw this season alone. The better car, uh, 91. Don't get me wrong. Some still some pretty good star power, but you got to just look at the fact. are just laid out in front of you. It's very, very hard to just not cho- to not choose the 92. I mean, Kevin Estra, like flood said, he is one of the fastest guys we've seen this year. Um, no clothes. Um, not even close. Um, and then have Neil Johnny, who, fun fact, he used to run uh, in Champ Car. Uh, oh. Just had to bring that out there. Um, and, and raced for lmp one uh, winner in that. And just the fact that Michael Christensen, who's been pretty much racing everything under the sun that he could possibly get, you know, he raced in the 24 hours of Nürburgring this year. Uh, he has, So he has a 24 hour race under his belt. I think the 92 is, is going to win this one.
0: Wow. Okay. And for a little of context here, we we're saying that Kevin Escher has been the fastest driver of the year. Let's uh, let's just delve into some numbers so that way we can kind of prove it. So the number 92 leads the championship from a driver's perspective. Uh, they took wins in Spa and Monza and Est as the qualifying driver, has taken pole in all three races in the WEC so far this season. So, we're not just saying that. It's it's unequivocally, factually correct, at, at least at this point. Uh, on the other hand, the number uh, 92 team, uh, they've had two fourth places and a third. So, they haven't really shown the same sort of strength. And then
2: you throw into that Kevin Eshter's blitzkrieg on the Nürtberg ring, where he was just so much better than everyone else. Yeah. And... It's really hard to go past that car. As long as he doesn't turn French all of a sudden, he is French. What do you? Yeah, the Mercurial French. You know how the sun they can just have moments of absolute hilarity. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. We like. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I. I think I get where you're going with that. <laughs> um. Yeah. yeah. GT. Uh, GT Pro. Uh.
1: Two Ferraris. Two Corvettes. Four Porsches. Who wins? All the things lie to the ninety-two. Be just, I think the 92 is the best chance in terms of what we've seen. Um, since Lamade its own BOP, the fact that they've won two races this year doesn't matter. Um, unlike other series, but it might be. I think it's either going to be. Poor, I don't think Corvettes are going to be too into it too much. I think it's going to be between the 92 and the 52, and I think the fifth. I think the 92 is going to take it. Kiwi,
2: I. I'm going to say it's between the 92, the 51, and the 72. Ooh, interesting! You're backing Auto. Ooh. Yeah. Of the of the four non-WC entries, I reckon they're the best, yeah. and I reckon that they're they're every chance to get on the podium as long as they can get their strategy side of it sorted.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I, I'm interested that you've uh, gone for the 51. I like, I can totally understand based on that driver lineup, and I think that has been the story. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, it, that, is, that is the car that's been the story of the, the season. So it has been 51 versus 92. So I'd, I'd back that in. Uh, what we are guaranteed though, lads, is even with eight cars, so incredible pack racing, door door, door banging, door-to-door action, uh, passing for the lead, passing for position for the whole 24 hours. That has been the typical GTE Pro experience despite the small class size. And that has been true since before Ford and BMW joined the class back in 2014, 2013, when it was just uh, eight cars of Porsche, Ferrari, uh, Aston Martin, and Corvette. And it will be the same this year. It's going to be the same next year. And that's what GTE Pro means uh, at Le Mans.
2: I mean, let's not forget last race, Monza. Okay. Four cars, six hours, 30 seconds at the finish between all four of them. Between all four of them?
0: Yeah. Like that's that's the stuff as a as a writer of uh, regulations you must just dream of to to write uh, to to put together a class that's that good and that close for six hours it's phenomenal watching absolutely uh, so that's our GTE pro field uh, you can. Uh, Differentiate uh, between them and the GTMs by the green number panels on the side of the cars. Now, let's look at GTM. Now, GTM uh basically running the same cars as GTE Pro, but there's a key difference in the way that the driver lineups must be built. Kiwi, can you quickly explain for us uh, what the regulations are behind the GTM cars? So yeah, in GTM
2: with 23 a twenty-three car field. Each car is permitted one driver rated gold or platinum and must have one bronze driver. So this is the class where you see your super silver drivers, uh, your bronze gentleman drivers, or your older bronze former professional racers, along with some gold and platinum drivers who are
0: making their their way into retirement. (laughs) It's, it's a very interesting mix of drivers as you as you made mention there because as you said, there's uh, true amateurs in the bronze cars and then in the silvers you've got a mix of drivers that are on the tail end of their careers or super silvers on their way up or just good amateur silver drivers who are comfortable in that position and then as your professionals you have young professionals you have old professionals you have a, a bunch a mixture of talent it is a very interesting class to track. Uh, Chris, what's been your favourite Favorite part of gtm uh, over this season or in seasons past
1: i think the fact that the tv broadcasting actually covers this class now we, we do realize that it's probably due to a lack of pro entries both in gt and in the top prototype class but what is brought of that is the fact that we get to see all these amazing battles that happened with the ams and just because you think, oh, am, amateur's racing, it's not entertaining. For the for for I'm gonna say it for nine time for the most of the WEC races recently, they've been providing most of uh, most of the action, bar LMP2. Uh, so I think the fact that 23 cars, that's basically a full grid. If if you if you just uh, if it was just like like a regular GT race, that would be like a full grid, and the fact that it's included as a class. In this race, it's going to be a very exciting class to watch. I think it's going to be one of the most well-liked classes I think this year.
0: That is absolutely right. It's been a joy to see the expansion of GTM and the, uh, bigger spotlight shown on it in the last few seasons. So, as you said, 23 cars. Uh, it's uh, quite a stacked entry list. We have some, uh, Aston Martins in the mix as well as Porsches and Ferraris. And what we'll do is we'll just go down the entry list. We're not gonna complicate things too far. Uh, We're not going to jump around. So if you're following along, uh, you can just follow down the entry list uh, with us. Now, uh, we are going to take a break in the middle of this because it's a a long, a long slog to get through. Uh, But hopefully, we will uh, shine some light into some of these drivers. So we're going to start off with Absolute Racing, one of the teams coming over from the uh, Asian Le Mans series, a Chinese based team running a Porsche 911. Uh, this has drivers Andrew Harianto, Alessio Picarello and Marco Seafried. A few names that you may recognize there. Harianto, of course, the relative of a Harianto that I remember that is. Uh, Rio? Pardon? Rio Harianto, yeah. yes. And uh, Marco Seafried, a, a long time Porsche driver who's bounced around a little bit as, as a Silver Cup driver. Uh, Alessio Piccarello, I'm not sure that I recognize that name though. Have you not been watching WC this year?
2: Uh no. It, he's been in the eighty eight for the first and third rounds.
0: Oh, there you go. Shows <laughs> so how anomalous bad. the eighty eight has been then. Ha.
2: Yeah, yeah, Um so yeah, absolute car's been run by Proton, uh, because the absolute guys can't get over there. Yep. Um, so good team behind them. I
1: this is this is a car that's gonna be mid pack at best.
0: At best? Okay. What about you, Chris? What do you reckon?
1: Uh, Kiwi does have a point. Uh, Andrew Harianto uh, used to race along with Alessio Picarello. they used to compete in the Blank Pan GT Asia series when that was still around and hopefully will still be around in the coming years, uh, pending COVID situation. Uh, so these guys have plenty of experience racing with each other. It's gonna be interesting to see how they fare as teammates. Um, and now, fun fact a little, a little nugget of information here Andrew Harianto. It might have been his relative, Ria, but when sh- Shanghai held an 888-kilometer race, he won that race with Audi. Um, wow. Alessio Picarello raced Mercedes before, and obviously with the uh, first couple rounds of the WEC season. Obviously, Marco Seyfried, uh won Rolex 24s in years past, I believe, uh, most no- notably, most notably with Magnus. Yes, and then he also won this year in the twenty-four Hours of Nürnberg ring in the SP9 Pro Am class.
0: Oh wow! So yeah, C C is, is is a quality silver driver. Uh. It- do we hold out much hope for Harry Anto and, uh, though? So, so this is this is going to be the complicating factor. If you're not not watched a GTM race before, the bronzes are really going to be the determining factor of how fast the car is, because that's six hours of time that the bronze driver has to do, uh, and there's only so much that your silver driver or your pro driver can really pick up around that based on uh based on what we know of Harianto, what we've seen in asian Mon series and blank pan gt asia or sro gt asia uh does Harianto have the same sort of speed as some of the other bronze drivers no Ew. no okay so what 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 is a reasonable goal for absolute racing honestly if they can finish i think they'll be
2: happy
1: uh, i think what kiwi said if they finish. And I'm going to make a bold prediction here. If they finish the race, I think they'll be able to grab a top 15. I think they'll, there's going to be some attrition in this class.
0: Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And and that's what we said in the, the prototype podcast as well. That's exactly right. Some of, some of the teams will have different goals and different desires. And for some of them, just finishing the race will be their goal. Uh, this car has had its livery revealed today. It is covered in ducks. So... <laughs> Of course. Yeah, so it is a it is a very interesting car, but it's it's, it's all like uh black, it's grey faded ducks. It's very very interesting. You can catch uh, pictures of that. I think Delhi Sports Car has some up at the moment. Uh, next car on the entry list. Is uh, The first of the WC entries, the TF Sport Aston Martin, uh, driven by Ben Keating as the bronze, Dylan Pereira as the silver, and Felipe Fraga as the gold-rated driver. Now, this is a fan favorite because of Mr. Keating. We all remember, uh, if you've been following the WC for a while, his efforts at Le Mans in the Ford um, that unfortunately got disqualified uh, in post-race scrutineering after winning the race, which was... Much more of a controversy than it should have been, really. It's it, it like they broke tech regs. Uh, but he has been one of the best bronze drivers in the field for the last three or four years running. Uh Dylan Pereira for uh, a Porsche Super Cup driver, I think, and Felipe Fraga, stock car Brazil. This is a serious outfit.
2: Yep, and of course, this car uh, with uh, this lineup actually had a second place at Spa as well. So it's a solid car, and I think, correct me if I am wrong, there were actually. They actually ran into issues at Monza that took them out of the race early.
0: Yes, they had. Yes. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, unfortunately, but they. I do remember Ben Keating giving a very, uh, a very meme-worthy mm-hmm. interview. Yes, yes. So, so,
1: I- yeah, and that's one, one of the points that I was going to bring up. He's such a fantastic personality in the paddock. In every interview, he's just he, he he he's so grateful to be there. Now he's the one paying the bills, but he's just obviously he's from Texas. Most likely, you know he's Christian, and he, he definitely kind of brings that out a bit of how, how grateful he is, you know, spreading the good news, you know, not spreading the good news. But, <laughs> but he, he, you know that he, he recognizes that he is one of the lucky people that gets to do this for fun and race in these big races, and not to mention that Ben Keaton has already had some success this year with winning 12 hours of Sebring in the LMP 2 class. So he's, I mean, he's not, like, he's not bad. And, and he has twenty four hour race ones under his belt before, and the fact that he's also got Dylan Pereira, which is an up and coming Porsche driver. Uh, hear me out. Um, you know, I'm calling you right now. He's going to be a Porsche factory driver in the future. Mm. He's doing very, he's, he's doing very good in Porsche Carrera Cup Deutschland and Porsche Super Cup. You know, running at least top five in the majority of the races he's running in. And plus, Felipe Fraga is a also a very nice pick as well. I mean, he's been, I, I believe, he's already won more than one. Uh. Cl- at IMSA, the LNP3 class, it's only LNP3, but he's winning races, and that's what counts. And I think this team's going to be up there. I think this team is going to place top five in the 2021 20, hours of the month.
0: Nice. Good calls. Good calls. Uh, the issue I have with is, with Frage is that he's only very recently been upgraded to gold. So uh, he was one of what you might refer to as a super silver. Uh, in seasons past, because that car last year had Jerome Bleekemolen as the gold driver, uh, with Felipe as the silver. Now that transition from being the silver driver with a gold rated driver above you to sort of set up the car and be the one pulling the hero stints, uh, to then becoming that gold driver who has to do the hard work and has to set up the car and be all uh, be the 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 steady head of the team. That's that's a, a hard transition, and not everyone has made that transition nicely. So uh, for for, for that's going to be the, the difficult point but uh, this this team either way is going to be a fan favourite. Chris, uh, Kiwi? favourite, top 10, I can't see them getting hit any higher than that. Really? Wow. Whoa. We've, got, we've got one 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 side of the garage saying a definite podium, one side saying only a top 10, wow. Yep, yeah,
2: only because I just look at some of the other lineups and I just think they're better and I just I just, I just, I just don't know. Wow! Wow! Wow. Controversy! Drama!
0: (laughs) Incredible. Top is still a good result in a 23-car field. I mean, yeah, but, you know, for someone who basically won the race a few seasons ago, uh, uh, to aspire to a top 10 is, I I think, shooting a little low. Uh, Yeah, and and another thing about Keating is that... uh, I can remember, off the top of my head, three or four hero stints as a bronze driver. And that's something that is is very rare and is uh, atypical of the class. So that will be... If he can do something like that again, that'll be uh, something that puts him in a good stead. We'll move along. Uh, the next car on the entry list is number 46, Team Project 1 car. Now, this is a car that uh, did win the uh, 24 Hours of Lamar the year that Keaton got disqualified. And this car has... Uh, a bit of a different lineup to what we're used to. Dennis Olsen as a gold-rated driver, Anders Burkhardt as the bronze, and Robbie Foley as the silver driver from the States. Uh, Chris, shine a bit of light into uh, Robbie Foley and his uh, previous uh, racing talent.
1: Yeah, so right now, Robbie Foley, he's a driver for Turner Motorsports in IMSA. He races, I believe, yeah, he races in both the uh, Michelin, Pilot Challenge for the GT4 car. He currently has one podium in that season, uh, and then you have uh, he races the GTD car, which currently three wins the season wow. in the main championship. Uh, include I believe including one of the Enduro rounds. I want to say Watkins Glen. So he racing with Bill Oberlin He's kind of been racing with you know a guy with so much experience, and come to Le Mans, he's gonna have. He, he might be one of the more. I believe Anders Bucard is the uh, bronze. He's yeah. bronze. He's the, he's the he's he's the amateur, the rich guy on the team. So him and him and Dennis are going to be the more experienced guys in the team. So this is going to be a little bit of a change to him. Now Robbie Foley, good driver, and they have Dennis Olsen, Intercontinental GT Challenge champion. Um, the inaugural Intercontinental GT Challenge champion with with Porsche. Yes. Um. I do think this is the this will be Robert Foley's first Le Mans uh, outside of BMW, of course. This, I mean, him racing a Porsche is going to be uh, it's going to take a little bit of time getting used to because I, you know, obviously being an MSA fan, used to see him in BMWs all the time. But I do think I think it's going to do a good job because he's you you don't win, uh, well, you, you can, but racing with a, a team like Turner and a guy with Bill Aberlin, uh you can't just win if you're just not, not a good driver and showing that he can win you know Watkins Glen in 6 hours and other IMSA sprint rounds um it it shows something i think there's a, some speckle of talent and also the fact that he's a, a GT4 America champion from last year
0: so he's stepping up to the big time uh this remember this car was initially slated to do all the W series rounds but was written off in qualifying at Spa Francorchamps so didn't compete at Spa Francorchamps didn't compete at Portimao, made its debut at Monza and finished 11th. Uh, Chris, uh, ha, what? Uh, sorry, Kiwi, what sort of hopes do you hold out for, for this car and this driver lineup? And Anders
2: Bouchard has finished one race since 2018. That's what I'm going to say.
0: Okay. That, I, <laughs> I think that's a, a pretty, pretty damning statement in that respect. I mean, uh,
2: admittedly, admittedly, it's been only six races according to driver DB? but I just don't think he's got the pace.
0: And of course, you know, the longevity as well It is a 24 hour yeah. event and that sort of, those sort of issues, uh, if you're consistently running into problems, then that's going to be something to to worry about. And remember, this is a brand new chassis as well. So a brand new chassis for a 24 hour event, like I'm sure it's a proven chassis and Porsche and all that sort of stuff, but it's still a, enough of a question mark uh, for that team. Uh, what, is, what is a reasonable expectation, guys? Finishing. Finishing? Chris?
2: Dennis Olsen proving that he deserves a Porsche factory seat.
0: That that is true.
1: So Kiwi does make a good point with the bronze driver in there. Um, it's a shame because Dennis Olsen, and Robbie Foley, you know, they're good drivers. Um, so I think I think I'm going to agree with Kiwi there. Just just finishing the race and anything more than that would just be a plus.
0: Fair enough. Uh, so, that is the 46 car. Now, let's move on to one of the most exciting cars for this season so far. The number 47 Settler Racing Ferrari 488 GTE. Now, you might recognize that name uh, from the LMP2 Delara in seasons past. They, in fact... Uh, recorded two documentaries called The Italian Spirit of Le uh, Mans, uh, following the team, following uh, the Settler Racing Team, uh, and these guys uh, are running the same driver lineup as they ran last year in the, oh, mostly the same driver lineup, so they've got uh, Anthony Fuoco instead of uh, Andrea Bellici in the, uh, as the plant, oh, as the pro driver, um, but uh, Roberto Lacorta and Sergio, uh, Giorgio Cernagiotto. It is the true dream, uh, of really, uh, as an Italian-based team with Italian drivers, uh, running an Italian vehicle. It's just, they, they give off such, such powerful Italian energy. And it's, it's been a, an absolute joy to see them, uh, run races, do well, and in fact, take race victories now as a GTE AM team.
1: Right yep. that winning quarter mile really showed what they can do, and the fact that you know once again bronze and silver he didn't' need the gold driver to win that race, so it, it proved that you know the moving down it's not necessarily a bad idea if you you know in if you' can win races doing it
0: i I guess it goes to show you that. The problems that they were having in P 2 were at least in part due to the chassis they were in. They were absolutely firm on staying with the Dolara because it was Italian and that was their whole thing. Um, but dropping down to M and performing, immediately performing well, kind of shows that they are still a quality outfit. Uh, Kiwi, what are your thoughts?
2: Uh I'm looking at the lyrics for the Italian National Anthem. I'm feeling like I'm Italian looking at this car.
0: La-da-da-da, la-da-da. Da, da. That's, that, that's the lyrics. You don't need to know. You don't need to know them. You just need to yell at them proudly. <laughs> yeah.
2: Look, anything less than a podium for these guys, and I think they'll be disappointed. Wow, that's a huge statement.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, they've had
2: a, they've had a win at Portimao, third place at Spa, and Monza, they would have been disappointed with not being on the podium at their home race.
0: I'm pretty sure they ran into problems, because they, they ended up yes. finishing 10th.
2: Yeah, so this is honestly, I think one of the form teams of GTM.
0: I hope they've got a documentary team following them again because this would be a great year for a documentary.
2: Mm. And, and and these guys are currently where are we? I was looking. At they're something. currently leading the championship. No, no, I was looking at the at the GT drivers championship. They're currently sixth place in that.
0: Oh, as in overall? Yeah. Wow. So they're good. They're, absolutely, they are good. Uh, Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Uh, something I will want do want to add is that the spirit of this team, when they won at Portimao, it almost brought me to tears watching from the other side of the planet because they were just incredibly uh, joyous and overcome with emotion. And it was just fantastic to see that sort of passion because that's what this class is all about. It's about the passion for racing, about the passion for sports cars. And these guys typify that. Oh, yeah. They're not names people
2: probably are so familiar with, but they're just those guys who just know how to get it done.
0: Absolutely. Uh, we'll press on the number 54 car another WC full season entry run by AF Corsa in the Ferrari 488 of course this car has been a stalwart of WC competition for a few seasons now featuring the bronze driver Thomas Floor uh, silver driver Francesco Cattellacci and the platinum driver in this case Giancarlo Fischella. Uh he has certainly uh, thrown his weight around at some times throughout the season uh, throughout uh, seasons past in the WC uh, but but has been an absolute joy to have in this series, and this car has had uh, slivers of success at times.
2: Yeah, we had a podium earlier this
0: year. I think it was at
2: Port- Portugal as well.
0: Uh, yes, they were the ones uh, in the fight with Settler for the overall win. I think. Yes. They, yeah. They oh, they finished uh, third in that race.
2: This lineup's been so stable, and the fact that at forty eight, Giancarlo Callow Fisher can still do what he does in that car, this is a car that should also be fighting for a podium.
0: Oh, do you agree with that, Chris?
1: I mean, it's. In, I mean, Fisher Kelly's in the car. If that's that's a, obviously a very uh, good thing to have. And I correct me if I'm wrong. But I do think this is a pretty uh, a, a driver lineup that's been together for a while now. Like hasn't had too many changes, at least in the past, in the recent uh, years. No, no, no. Because I don't, I don't think there was any changes from last year i could be wrong on that
0: no this is this has been the same driver lineup for i think three seasons in a row at least
1: this 54 car they're currently you now fourth in the championship you know only about 12 14 points off from the leader if, is lamont correct me if i'm wrong isn't that double points it is double points so they got the championship to think about they only got a beat Well, they got finished ahead of three other cars in the hopes of taking the championship lead. And there's only two more rounds after this. I can guarantee you no team's thinking about the championship at Le Mans.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. No team thinks about the championship at Le Mans. It's just kind of there. It's a a footnote. Uh, So for context, this car finished nine laps down on the GTM leaders last time at Le Mans uh, last year in 2019. They finished uh, even further back from the looks of it. Um, in fact, they they must have run into problems. Oh, they're not even on the entry list now. That that doesn't seem right.
2: Uh, I think you got racing chat here, uh, Johan and Chat. The 54 always runs into problems, just always. It seems to be the case, doesn't it? Yeah. So if they can keep it together, they should be n- n- there or thereabouts on the podium.
0: So they they finished uh, in 2019. Uh, seven laps down. So, uh, it's not all that encouraging, truth be told. I think, uh, floor as an amateur, as the bronze, is, is a little too much of an anchor in that team. That, that is my appraisal of the team, truth be told.
2: Okay. That's your opinion. That is my
0: opinion. opinion. I reckon they, I reckon a top 10 would be a good result for them. Cool, cool. Uh, In the number 55 car, we have the Spirit of Race Ferrari. This is a team that uh, comes from the European Le Mans series as its uh, home series. And that features Duncan Cameron, uh, David Perel, and Matthew Griffin. This has been another very stable driving lineup for a long time. And they're running a sort of... uh, British racing green slash Air Force inspired livery. It's very, very cool looking. A nice mix of green and white. They've been a strong team in seasons past. How have they been going this season? Oh, David Perel, isn't he,
2: isn't David Perel basically tearing ELMS a new one at the moment?
0: Uh, it's, uh, yeah, at the moment. They, this car has come off of uh, three, four straight podiums in uh, in the European Le Mans series. In fact, they are second in the championship and not by March.
2: So they're incredibly strong team over in the ELMS. These three drivers have proven to be pretty strong here as well. Matt Griffin, he just, he just knows where to stick it at the right time. He's always the guy you're sticking at the end. And Duncan Cameron's, I think one of the best bronzes
0: out there. Certainly looks that way. Uh, Chris, do you have anything to add?
1: Well, I just want to say, um, Duncan Cameron, Matt Griffin, probably the most, like, like you said, the most stable driving parents in in, 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 in recent years, ELMS, British GT, all the way to Lamar, of course, um, I do have to say what I'm most excited for uh David Perel. He usually does uh YouTube videos. He usually fi- films on boards and he do, he kind of th- does commentary over them. So it's going to be interesting to see if he does any of that for Lama. if he did, does little commentary style videos over uh it'd be nice to see what he thinks, you know, uh you know going over, you know, the Mosson or uh uh you know Arnage and see what he has to say. So he's one of the most interesting drivers. The fact that he you know, has a YouTube channel, I think he's pretty open to his fans. Uh, it's definitely going to be an exciting uh, addition to that lineup.
0: So, David Pharrell, uh, we've we've talked about him as a super silver. What previous racing has he done? Uh,
2: so, we've got, obviously, E.L.M.S. I think he's also been at uh Frong, uh, Blancpain, GT Aja, or, um, sorry, Agent of Mines in the GT class.
0: Ooh, that's stretching me a little far back. Yeah, there you go. Yeah,
2: twenty-one. So most recently, the um he had a podium at Dubai, and yes, Marina. Nice. Um, he's done GT three racing in Italy as he would in a Ferrari, as he
0: would in a Ferrari. Yep.
2: <laughs> um, and a lot of Pro Am Cup racing as well.
0: Cool. So certainly a, a name to watch out for as one of the the <laughs> super silvers. Now, what about their aspirations for this race? Where do you reckon they would be hoping to get... Uh, I mean, obviously everyone hopes to win, but where, where's a reasonable expectation for their their position come the end of 24 hours?
2: Lower half of the top 10, maybe pushing in the
1: five
0: just. Five just?
1: I think, I think I'll go with Kiwi here. I think that's a fair assumption.
0: I am surprised. I would have thought that they'd be looking for a top five. I think a top five would be a reasonable effort for them, considering that they've podiumed in every race of the ELMS. You don't just do that for fun.
2: Yeah, step up, though.
0: It, it, that is true. That is absolutely true. Uh, and they are stepping up against another of the WC full season entries, number 56, Team Project 1. Now, this has been the the bigger, better, angrier, better Project 1 car. Uh, and this car has Adigio Perfetti as the bronze, uh, Matteo Cairoli as the gold, and Riccardo Pera as the silver. Now, this car has won Le Mans overall before, has won the WC GTM championship before... And comes into the event with a win at uh, uh, a second place, sorry, at Portimao, and a fourth place at Monza. And this was slated as well to run at uh, at Spa Francorchamps before riding off the chassis on, in qualifying as well. So uh, definitely a team with a lot of clout, uh, and certainly one to watch out for. Yeah, this would be a very fresh car. Very fresh.
2: Yes. <laughs> Why is it gonna be very <laughs> fresh, King? You... Mentos.
0: Yes, a Perfetti it brings along the Mentos sponsorship. So that's where that, that joke comes from. Well done. Uh yeah. Now this this car, Mattia Carolli
2: is just great. I love him.
0: And he's a name that we've been keeping tabs on right from the very beginning of his entry in the WEC. If I recall correctly, when he was first announced as a WEC Am driver, because he was a silver driver at that point, uh, one of our very, very old friends, Alex Sinclair, uh, put a post up on the WEC subreddit saying, this is a driver you need to keep an eye on because he is going to do great things. And here we are five years later. Yeah, and he's doing great things. Uh Team Project One, uh how are we rated their performances in seasons past, guys. We'll go with Chris uh, first.
1: Uh I, I think in terms of what I've been seeing, I think a top ten isn't out of the cards. Perfetti, um I haven't seen him do terrible. Um he's kinda I think he's kind of the middle of the road bronze. He's not too bad. He's not too he's not the best. Uh, but the fact that Matteo Caroli in the car, that's a very good addition. Um Ricardo Perra. Uh, he's a very, very young guy, um, I believe low 20s is his age, and the fact that he's at least racing and winning races. Uh, he's been winning in the Italian GT Championship in the GT4 Pro-Am class, as well as specific as a class name as you can get. But he's been winning races, racing in GT4s mainly, and obviously with Team Project 1, I believe through ELMS and WEC. Um, so he's definitely getting his miles in, and I don't think he'll be uh, a bur- a, too much of a burden on the team.
0: Yeah, and for context, this car has one Le Mans uh, in the GTM class in 2018, 2019, sorry, uh, finished only three laps off in their debut year in uh, 2018, uh, and has been a, a pretty firm competitor in the GTM class, so do we think this car has a chance for a win? Maybe, maybe a solid, maybe
1: solid, maybe solid, solid maybe answer. Chris. I think top. I think uh, top
0: five. Top five. I I reckon that's a, that's a fair assessment. Uh, I I'd put them on for a podium, perhaps. Actually,
2: yeah, they need a few things to go right their way. But K Rowley is good enough to do anything at the end. If he's if he's within the shot, he'll put it on top.
0: Fair enough. I I. I think you're being a little unkind to the team. I reckon that, I reckon they could be a podium contender, but that's, that's just me. That's fine. Uh, number 57, Kessel Racing, a team coming across from Japan, uh, from the Asian Le Mans series where they won the last race of the series in dramatic fashion. Uh, this, they're running a Ferrari, uh, will be covered in the car guy livery because of course it's a beautiful looking thing. And that has the regular bronze driver, Takeshi Kimura, uh, and then, uh, silver driver, Scott Andrews from Australia, who I know nothing about and then Mick. Michael Jensen, one of the best, most exciting young drivers, has uh, run in uh, as the silver run, uh, silver driver for G Drive Racing last year. Has run as a BMW factory driver in the past and basically almost single handedly won that uh, last race of the season in the Asian Le Mans Series. I am very excited for this car.
2: Yeah. Scott Andrews, I believe he's been racing around your neck of the woods, hasn't he,
1: Chris? He has, and he has a couple of IMSA LMP3. Wins to his name. I believe he has about two of them this year, and he's also leading a championship in the uh, Michelin Le Mans Cup in LMP3. So he's been very digging his teeth into the LMP3 side of things. And the fact he's going GT racing is a plus. I mean, he's also doing Michelin Pilot Challenge. So he's very, very big on racing in the states. Even doing, you know, Lamborghini Super along with De- um, doing Le Mans. So he's definitely got his plate full, um, but he's been mainly an LMP3 guy. But it's gonna be interesting to see how he does in the, I believe his first time, or at least his only if his first couple of times in a GTE car. So yeah,
0: in a GTE was... car, yes, but not in a GT3 car. He, he did race the entire Asian Le Mans series with uh, Car Guy Racing. Yep,
2: and I think that's yeah, you know, that's a really good effort for someone who started in Commodore Cup. <laughs>
0: oh sorry yes yeah, so we're talking about scott andrews not nicole Jensen. Yeah. sorry yeah. i got a bit confused come <laughs> yeah. cop wow that's a throwback <laughs> yeah um and i i reckon it will do okay the question mark to
2: me is takishi kimura
0: yes and that, that is a fair question mark to have. Part of the reason why they the, this team won the Asian Luan, the last round of the Asian 1 Series is because a s- significant amount of uh, Takeshi Kimura's drive time was eaten up by a very long pair of safety cars early on in the running. Uh, but, on the other hand, this car does have Mikkel Jensen, who... Race, has raced as a BMW factory driver. Last year was driving as the silver in the G-Drive machine, and I was taken by his professionalism uh, in that car. So uh, he's certainly one, uh, one to keep an eye on from that perspective. Uh, stepping up to a gold running in the GTE-AM class, so being the one with the responsibility. And next year, he's racing as a LMH driver for Peugeot. So he's been one of the drivers that's been picked up to be a factory driver for their team. So, certainly a driver with a lot of clout. Wow.
2: Yeah, right? <laughs> that's, a,
0: that's a... That's an Meteoric progression. Imagine that. GTM to Peugeot LMH. Not bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, I'm not expecting much from this car at this race, unfortunately. Is that because of Kimura?
2: Yeah. Six hours of him.
0: I don't think even Mikkel Janssen at his absolute peak will be able to drag that back.
1: I think, I think, I think car guys get placed top 10. Top 10? Whoa. I,
0: I, I would agree. I, I think they're, they're not on the pace of the absolute leaders, but they're not that far away. I think top 10 is, is a fair, a fair assessment. And, and let's remember as well. It was only when they, when they made their debut at Le Mans, they finished only two laps down in fifth, uh, in class. And that was with uh, Kimura as well. Uh, admittedly, that had Kome Lettergo and K. Uh, Cozzolino. But, like, Scott Andrews and Mikkel Jensen are, are approximately that quality as well. I can't see it. You can't see it? Okay. Well, I guess you can sit there in your wrongness and be wrong then. I will. <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, so whereabouts are we? We're, uh, uh one, two, three, six four, feet. five, six, seven, eight. We're nine cars in. So we'll take a bit of a break after our next car. Uh, this is another full season entry of the WEC, the number 60 car. This is the Iron Lynx car and this is the Iron Lynx. I, I guess it's the, the team uh, owner's car, I believe, uh, with uh, Claudio Schiavone as the bronze driver uh Rafael Gianmaria as the silver and Paolo Roberti as the gold. Iron Lynx has been a fairly new establishment of a driving school in uh uh driving school driver training program and a race team uh born from uh Kessel racing, I believe they all started at. And this team has been the Uh, More unfortunate of the two Iron Lynx entries in the WEC uh, with a retirement at Monza, uh, putting them behind their sister car. Where do we rate them and their chances? Meh at best. Meh at best? That's a bit mean.
2: Now, look, it's good to see them out here. It's really awesome to see new teams come into the fold. I just feel like this trio isn't going to set the world on fire this race.
1: No, I think it's going to be uh, the slowest of the three Iron Lynx cars in the
0: race. Uh, slowest of the three, I, uh, I hate to agree with you, but I absolutely agree with you. Um, <laughs> they they have not been uh the the most pace field, uh, and I think uh, Claudio Giovoni uh is acts as a little bit of an anchor for that team. Where did they finish last year? Fourteenth, they finished fourteenth in class, uh, some eight laps off the pace last year.
2: Yeah, I you had to count it that far down, and they haven't really done a huge amount this year either, have they?
0: No. So their best result was a fifth at Portimao, which is a pretty impressive result, uh, all things considered. Um, but uh, a retire a ninth at Spa and a retirement at Monza has seen them drop to a tenth overall in the championship. Yeah, I I I tend to agree, unfortunately. Great looking car though. The the oh, God, yeah. the uh black Ferrari with the yellow highlights, it looks mean.
2: It looks so like it's it If they could drive as well as it looked, they'd be in a podium every time
0: great call uh the number 66 we'll take a quick break after we do the number 66 uh this is the JMW Motorsport Machine a fan favorite uh based on their uh performances mostly in the European Le Mans series and their continued campaigning of the 458 while it was still around uh these guys are running the 488 this time uh with drivers Rodrigo Salas as the bronze Thomas Neubauer as the silver and Jody Fannin as the uh gold rated driver uh uh, this is a interesting little, little mix of a driver lineup, uh, a, a mix of uh, the USA and uh, Great Britain in the car, and then Thomas Newbauer as uh, a French driver. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on these guys? Well, they, this is an ELMS team. Yes. Uh, they've
2: been with, um, and I believe Jody Fan has been racing with them over in the ELMS. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, 2017 um, uh, champion for them.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I don't... They've done much this way in the terms this year in terms of results. And just looking at it, best results been a fourth at Monza.
0: Yeah, and so uh, that Jody Fanon and uh, Rodrigo Salas have been racing that car together. Uh, the addition of Thomas Newbauer is interesting, though. Oh,
1: it's a very interesting pickup.
0: Where, where's where's Newbauer come from? What, what's his racing credentials?
1: Uh, Tech One racing with Lexus in the Blank GT series. Ah. Oh.
0: I knew I recognized that name. That that Lexus was pretty quick in patches, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, I believe I believe I don't know if it was overall, I think it won a couple times in the silver class, but it did have I want to say it did have at least one race victory to its name and Thomas Newbar was bloody quick.
0: Yeah. yeah, so he's also he's also twenty two. <laughs> yeah, damn. So this is this is a super silver on the rise. That that's the sort of typify yeah. yeah, the 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 way we're going with this one. Uh, given that uh we've got Rodrigo Salas in that car, um how far up the grid do you reckon they can get?
1: Uh
2: mid pack.
0: Mid pack? Mid pack, yeah. I think so yeah, Thomas
2: neubauer has been racing in a BMW in um in World Challenge Europe as well. Okay. So he's he's been racing this year, but I can't see them troubling the front end. Do
0: you reckon a top ten would be a good result for them, Chris?
1: A top ten would be a very good result. Uh, Rodrigo Salas is just—I don't think he's that good. I mean, he he's, he can't even crawl, crawl back into the podium in the pro am class in the Blank Pan or not Blank Pan, uh, GT World Challenge America, um, which is it's saying something. Yeah,
0: so uh, like we are being a-, a little mean to these drivers, but this is just a, a part of the the sort of spectrum of bronze rated drivers. Uh, some of them are much quicker than others, and some of them are much slower than others. Uh, and on that though, we'll take a quick break here at Endurance Chat. We'll be back with the second half of the GTEM grid and our thoughts after this. If you're following plenty of motorsport series like I do, you've probably run into trouble with calendars, time zone conversions, and most importantly, missing the start of racing you want to watch. That's why I use the Racing Line app. The Racing Line is your customizable motorsport calendar, giving you up to date schedules on all the racing you care about with all major motorsport series covered. Use the day or week view to check out what's on and plan for those busy weekends ahead. The Racing Line allows you to set customizable notifications for events, giving you enough time to get yourselves ready for the racing you want to watch, or for me to get the race threads ready. Plus, it's all converted into your local time zone, so there's no getting caught out by bad mental maths or daylight saving changes around the world. Find out more at theracingline.app or search The Racing Line on the iOS store. Thank you to The Racing Line for sponsoring this podcast. And welcome back to the Endurance Chat GTE uh, entry list preview for the Le Mans 24 Hours of 2021. I'm back here with Chris and Chris. Uh, Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. I knew you were going to do that. Hi. Uh, So we're halfway through, or almost halfway through. We've just finished off the number 66 JMW Motorsport. Uh, Next on the entry list is the number 69 Herberth Motorsport Machine. This is an entry that was won, I believe, through the Asian Le Mans series, if I recall correctly uh, that it, uh, performed well enough to earn its entry. Yes, it did. Uh, this car has Ralph Bonn as the, uh, bronze rated driver, Rolf and Niken, a, a name that's familiar for those who watch Pro-Am in GT World Challenge, uh, Europe and etc. and also Robert Renau. So it's a double silver car. Uh, Renau shouldn't be a surprise, uh, for Herbert fans, but, uh, two, uh, an entirely Am car, guys. How do we rate that?
2: an entirely M car, but it's a really cool entirely M car because Herbert is just the nice guys.
0: They are the nice yeah. guys.
2: Yeah. Chris they just Oh, sorry Kerry, go I, ahead. They <laughs> just race and enjoy racing and they always seem to get good results whenever they race.
1: Chris? Yeah, Herbert is a very fun team and I mainly know them from the twenty four hour series for Coventic and how dominant they were. The dominance kind of stopped a little bit. They aren't like that anymore. Lots more teams have been coming up and you know winning races. Some different teams, some different names. But the fact that you know they race in ADAC GT Masters, they 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 grab a couple wins here and there. Um, and the fact that you know they said, "Hey, let's go Asian Lamas Mans Series racing," and they they just like to race. The fact that they're Lamas it's gonna be so fun to watch them see how they go up. And I think. I really want to hope that the, these guys get a top ten finish. They're good guys, and the fact that they, they're bringing in Rolf and I can, who normally races, obviously for Lamborghini, mm. that's a definitely it's a very good addition to their lineup. Are they going to get top ten? It's going to be iffy on that front, but my, my heart wants them to. Yeah. I reckon these are one of the
0: teams that are, are looking, just being a part of Lamar is is an achievement in itself. It really kind of goes to show the, the progression of Herberth Motorsport and the the way that they've come as a, like a, a purely AM team running in uh Kreventik and then doing well and then expanding into other ventures and winning winning a entry through the Asian Le Mans Series was such a big deal uh, and such a, uh, a, a an achievement and so the fact that they they've made it to Le Mans and they can put together a, a team that is recognisably Herbert Motorsport that is that is just an achievement in itself so I I, I think finishing finishing would be a great achievement. Finishing well would be even better for them.
2: Yep. I'm a little bit disappointed they couldn't find a way to get Alfred in the car. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But either way, I'm jo- I'm going to look forward to
0: watching these guys race. Of course, they won Asian Le Mans Series. Were well, they are winners overall? They were too. Well, wow, look at that. Yeah. yeah. I was so caught up in how crazy that last race of the Asian Le Mans Series was, i just kind of forgotten the entire championship standings. <laughs> Uh, another team that won its uh, entry through the Asian Le Mans Series, the number 71 Inception Racing uh, Team. They ran a McLaren uh, in the Asian Le Mans Series. A uh, What's the current McLaren? A 720S. Uh yep. yep. Uh, but they have to because that's not a GTE spec machine. They've gone to a Ferrari for the uh, the twenty four hours Le Mans uh, with drivers Brendan Eribe as the bronze, Ollie Milroy as the silver, and Ben Barnacote as a gold rated driver. Now I'm surprised that Barnacote's a gold, but Ollie Milroy and ben, Brendan Eribe, Eribe. Eribe. um How how do we
1: rate how do we rate their partnership? Well. I'll go first on this one. Uh, Brendan Uribe and Ollie Milleroy, uh, I think after the, they started racing in GT World Challenge America, uh, the main series, uh, starting at Coda. Um, I can't be too sure if they won. Uh, they might have had a couple podiums here and there. Uh, Brendan Uribe has been racing in the GT America series, which is basically a series for bronze drivers for their GT3s and GT4 cars. And he's, he's won a couple races in that, so there's some promise there. And just adding Ben Barnacote, just icing on the cake, it's sort of a combination, really. I believe Brendan Aribe and Ollie Milroy were racing together as teammates in the Spa 24, and then Ben Barnaco was in a separate uh, Inception car. So sort of the mixing of the two cars there for the last main 24-hour race we had it's going to be interesting. Now, keep in mind, they were going to run the six hours of Monza for WEC, but then they had a crash in one of the free practice sessions, effectively writing them yes. off from the weekend. So they don't really have much miles in the new Ferrari. They only, they only have the test day and then practice. And that's going to be interesting to see how, the, how, how, uh, how well they adapted the a new car.
0: Yeah that is a, a, is a significant factor. Uh Chris what uh, Kiwi? what do you reckon uh their strengths are going to be in this car?
2: Oh Ben Barnicote. obviously. Um Oli Murroy's uh good if not fantastic silver. You say you say that so assuredly with great confidence. No. I'm I'm <laughs> looking at I'm, I'm looking at that and yes they they came what second I think in the Asian One Series I didn't win yes. a race. They almost remember,
0: won the. They almost won the last race of the season as well. It was mm-hmm. very tight between between themselves and the car guy, car guy, yeah, car, car oh, guy.
2: I don't remember he hasn't done a lot of racing this year either. I mean, he did have a podium
1: in the 60 Hours of Abu Dhabi, but uh, he races in GT World Challenge America uh, pretty much full time now. He does, and did the twenty four Hours of Spa.
2: Oh, there is. Yeah, sorry, I wasn't scrolling down far enough on my notes. Um, classic move,
0: classic Kiwi.
2: I just, I'm just, i just not convinced by the sign-up. I have a feeling they're here because they can more than because they have any great aspirations.
0: Uh, yeah, fair enough. And if you can be at Le Mans, why, why the hell not? Um, exactly. I, I think if they, they're able to put Ben Barnico in at a, at a good position late in the race, they could be in for a shout because he is he is much better than his gold rating suggests he is not only is he a fantastic and aggressive driver but he's also just an incredibly um astute and uh uh la la la. what's the word for someone who talks really well not, <laughs> not me at the moment apparently <laughs> um articulate yes that is the word he's a very articulate uh, person uh, always willing to give uh, uh an interview or uh, share his thoughts or opinions, and, and does so in a, in a very articulate fashion. So I, I think having him in the team isn't just great in terms of their pace on track, but he will provide a great amount of, of feedback on the car to help Brendan and Ollie uh, with their setups and with their driving style. And I, I think he's an invaluable asset for that team. For sure.
2: he's and he's been around the block enough, he'll be able to guide these other two through. Mm. Through and to a top 10,
0: perhaps? Through to through to the chequered flag. Through to the chequered flag, okay. Uh, another one of the big players of the WEC Championship is the number 77 car, which is next on our entry list, the Dempsey Proton Racing Team. Uh, this car has been... At the top, pointy end of the field, pretty much every single season that it's existed, uh, has the bronze driver Christian Reed uh, as the man behind Proton. And then two drivers that Kiwi, you and I, are very excited about. Silver-rated Jackson Evans from New Zealand and gold-rated Matt Campbell from Australia. Two drivers that have come through the Carrera Cup ranks in Australia to now be on the world stage. Yeah, and they've pretty much
2: followed each other. Matt Campbell was first to go Cura Cup, Cura Cup, Uh, Super Cup, and then Porsche Driver, Jackson Evans, Kero Cup, uh, Australia, Super Cup, and now he's starting to make his way into the GTE ranks. Oh boy, this car gets me so excited.
0: It does, it does. And and even on top of that as well, both drivers, both uh, Jackson Evans and uh, Matt Campbell, came through the same racing team uh, when they made their uh, Bathurst uh, 12 hours uh, uh, entries, where they finished on the podium. They followed very similar... All the way
2: through, same career cup Australia team, same Bethesda twelve hour team. I think the same Super Cup team as
0: well. It's 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 a bit it's a bit uh, uncanny in that respect.
2: Yeah, only and- difference is Jack- Jackson Evans is from a much better country.
1: Oh, get out! <laughs> to, to relieve tensions here at the, <laughs> in the podcast, but I just do want to say that Australia, the fact that two drivers like that in such a short amount of time coming from Porsche. It was now then called Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge Australia. Now it's Porsche Sprint Challenge Australia, two Carrera Cup, two Super Cup, to the main stage. Shows just shows, you know, the the strength of the, of the program they have down there. And if they don't make it in the you know in the world, um, they they normally end up either in the top tier GT ride in in, in, the, in the country or in supercars. And so just uh, on a the tangent there. It really shows how strong that program is for Porsche down in the land down under. Yep. Now that I mentioned, um, I was at Road America. Um, I got to see Maddie Campbell uh, in person. I actually got to take a selfie with him on uh-huh. the grip walk. He was a very, very nice nice guy. He was like, hey, can I take a selfie? And he was like, yeah. And I wish him good luck. He said, cheers. So my heart my heart wants this team to win. I'm the biggest Maddie Campbell fan now.
0: Yay, there's another one.
2: And also, let's not forget, in 2018, this car won the class with Christian Reed, Matt Campbell, and another Porsche Junior, Julian and Lauer.
0: Yes, this is basically the the Porsche Junior cycle. This is this is what puts Porsche drivers from Super Cup into the factory team. Uh, and just a note on that 2018 season, they won six races that season, uh, and came second in the championship because they had all of their results prior to Fuji uh, disqualified because of a uh, contractor fudging the numbers and effectively cheating. Uh, but the fact that they were still, after all that was found out, uh, able to come back and finish second overall in the championship kind of just shows the strength of the team. And Proton are uh, an incredible outfit. Like, as, as far as we've, we've talked about professional-looking teams as far as, the, you know, the back end uh, and, you know, what happens behind the pit wall. Proton is the standard when it comes to GTM.
2: That's why and, Proton are making noises about buying a Porsche customer
0: LMDH car. Kiwi. Kiwi. Making noises is an understatement. <laughs> yeah. The things that I can't we move, move say on. yet.
1: <laughs> before I move on, I do want to say Matty Campbell. Um, he was with... Uh, WeatherTech Racing in IMSA when they won the 12 hours of Sebring and recently Road America. So he's coming off of a fresh win at Road America. You know, he's he's got that confidence under his belt. And, you know, winning at Road America, the uh, best track in the world. Mm. Yep. It's not Winton. Oh.
0: (laughs) no, for that, Chris, you are actually getting kicked out. Goodbye. (laughs) <laughs> I, I can't be stuffed uh, this season they've not quite been at the very pointy end unfortunately they've had a, a, f- a best result oh well they've had two they- retirements and a, and a fifth place uh, so not their best season so far uh, are we going to see that turn around at Lamar? I think they will turn it
2: around Christian reed has been here, he knows what he's doing he might not be the quickest but he's pretty clean yep uh, and the other two will just go completely mental and if this car is not on the podium, I'll be a little bit surprised.
1: Chris, would you back that up? Yeah, I think this is going to be a definite top five for sure.
0: I, I tend to agree. Uh, just as an aside, this will be Christian Reed's, uh, 12th entry, uh, to the Le Mans 24 hours, all as a bronze rated driver. So he certainly has been around and he's got three podiums in that, in that time. So, Certainly with enough clout as a, as a bronze driver to really pick up the, the slack in that team. Not that there is much slack with Jackson Evans and Matt Campbell, am I right? Exactly. He is the slack. He is the slack. <laughs> uh, we'll move on before we start fangirling too hard. The number 80 Iron Lynx car. This is the European Le Mans series car, uh, that Iron Lynx run. So they're stepping up into the main game, of by virtue of their, uh, entry from the LMS last season. This car has Reno Mastronardi as the bronze, Matteo Cressoni as the silver, and Callum Ilot as the platinum driver. Now, Eilot is a. A uh, former two driver, if I remember correctly, you do remember. Correctly. I do remember. I believe,
2: correctly. I believe he's actually involved with uh, F one team as
0: a test driver at the moment. Yes, as well. in, Very interesting. Uh, but let's talk. Let's focus on the bronze and the silver drivers first. Uh, Matteo Cairoli uh, and Reno Mastronati, This has been a partnership that's been around for a little while. I believe they're coming straight off of a G- uh, a a victory in class. In the uh SPAR 24 in the SRO GT World Challenge, uh, but I can't remember which class they were in, whether or not they were in the AM class or the Pro AM class. Let me have a quick squeeze. Uh, do, do, do,
2: do, do. They certainly did uh, very well. Yeah, Pro AM was the actual Duncan Cameron Matt Griffin car. Yeah, okay, and with with, with
0: Ah, okay, yeah. See, that's where I, I recognize that. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And who was the other driver? Again? Uh,
2: Matteo Crisconi, uh, Crisconi. He was also in program
0: casted with Tempesta. Oh, okay, so not uh not in the same car then. No, no, and they came like fifth or sixth. So that's still still a pretty impressive result, and that's very recent. So it's, it's showing great form, especially uh Mastronati. Uh, Chris, uh, what do you have to say about these guys' their performances uh, as Iron Links in the European Le Mans Series?
1: Yeah, it's, I think. These two drivers, once again, the chemistry is there. They've been kind of steady for a while with the lineup. Adding Callum Eilat is a definite plus. He's shown some huge promise in the GT World Challenge Endurance Cup. Um, And the fact that um, the reason he's here, obviously, um, I believe he was F2 champion or very close to it. There just wasn't enough room in F1, so he's got pushed over to sports cars. And, was he's, last year. and he is pretty much, I think the dream of F1 is gone for him. I think he's pretty much being groomed for the Ferrari LMH drive. And that's the reason we're seeing him in, mm. here in Le Mans, the GTE car, just getting him up to pace with the sports cars. I, I think that they're grooming him up for an LMH drive.
0: And oh, he... uh, sorry, Chris. Uh, sorry, Kiwi. The, the reason that Ilot has been drafted into this team is because their regular third driver, um, for the number eighty Iron Links car, Miguel Molina, is of course uh, committed to the factory team. Uh, so uh, that's, that's a pretty good substitute if you if you uh if you're the number eighty Iron Lynx car going from Miguel Molina to uh, Callum Ilot.
2: Yep, and he's not done too badly so far, from what I can tell. And um,
0: well, you'd hope not.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like he's had a couple of fourth places with the Iron Links car in GT Europe. So he's solid in a sports car for someone who's young and learning how to drive tin tops.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and just for a bit of of context behind this team as well, if you haven't been following the European Le Mans series, this car currently leads the GTE Championship uh, with a race win at Catalunya and at Le Castellet and a podium, a second place at Monza and a third place at the Red Bull Ring. So they are certainly the form team of the season. Uh, can they carry that through to Lamar? Is in for a top five. Top five, not any further up. Not quite. Not quite. Wow, Chris, talk some sense into us. Top ten. What? Oh my god, <laughs> you guys are mental. I would say uh, they're almost assured a podium. Damn. And then, of course, like I can certainly see your reasoning because you look at the next car on the entry list, the number eighty-three AF Corsa car, which has been the star of the WEC season in that Ferrari, uh, with Francois Perotto as the bronze, who's been who's aggressively experienced is the only way to put it. I think he has the streak for the longest unbroken runs of uh, Le Mans twenty-four entries at the moment, if I, if I recall correctly. And then you have Alessio Rivera as the silver driver, who should really be. Not a gold, but a platinum. Then you have Nicholas Nielsen, who was Alessio Rivera from last season. This car has broken the GTM driver rating system, hasn't it?
2: It's broken the whole thing. It's broken the class. It's broken the backs of the other competitors. It's broken the rating system. It's just, good God, this car's
0: good. <laughs> and, and why is it? Why, why is this car so good? Well, I think Aving A, of course, are behind the palps too. I mean, certainly that. <laughs> but just focusing in on the drivers, you've mm. got Francois Perotto, who's one of, I I would argue, the most consistent bronze drivers that exists. Oh, I, for sure. I I think that's uh, fair enough to say. But really, the secret is is Rivera, isn't it?
2: Yeah, he he's. I'll be honest, I haven't actually seen him seen too much of him before this year.
0: Well, but he's. Chris, you might be able to shed, shed some light. Now, where has Rivera come from?
1: Uh, I'm kind of with Kiwi there, but he definitely impressed me in the 24 hours of spot. He was in the pro am class, and he's been putting he was putting up some stellar times. Um, and he also, uh, let's see, where he he plays second in pro am at the spot 24, um, a okay. lap down, but that, that was with AF Corsa. So this guy is very very good. Um, okay. And also the fact you have Nicholas Nielsen on the team as well, which he he's also he was he was part of that twenty four hours of Spa winning lineup overall with uh, Iron Links. So this is a very very strong lineup. Not to mention that obviously it won a couple of times already this year in the yeah. WEC. So it's going it to be hard to bet against this car. Yeah.
2: So Alicia Rivera, he actually drove up until twenty nineteen in uh, Italian GT endurance, or twenty twenty in fact. And then he made a step across from Italian GT to Europe GT and GTM. is just torn at a new one.
0: A, a natural progression. And and really, mm. he is a future professional driver. He probably should be a professional driver now. I'm pretty sure he's a Ferrari young professional. That's how he's gotten yeah. this gig. Uh, he's and, 26. And if you look at... Uh, uh, I think Oliver, um, our good friend, um, Trover, Oli uh has done some analysis. You can find that on his sports car engineering blog if you have a look for that, uh, wherein uh, Rivera has been, I think it was at Spa, Franklchamps in particular, not only was he the fastest driver in, uh, fastest silver driver, he was the fastest driver in GTM, but not only was he the fastest driver in GTM, he was actually for a period of time the fastest GT driver on track. As a silver, so that kind of that's goes to, crazy. Go, kind of goes to show you the quality that Rivera has as a silver, and that's kind of why the driver it's broken the driver rating system because if it wasn't for a puncture at Portimao, that car could have easily taken three wins. As it stands, they've taken a win at Spa quite comfortably, a win at Monza quite comfortably, uh, and because of that puncture at Portimao, they're currently second in the championship. But with the quality of Piroto as an amateur with the quality of Nielsen as a professional and the quality of Rivera as a not professional but should be professional. They're, they're basically like uh, that has to be the best team on paper.
2: Yes, absolutely, and they they'll be one of my favourites for the race. Do we say podium? I'm saying potential top
1: race winner. Chris, do you agree? Yeah, yeah. That's it's a contention for race winner. It's it's top three. That's.
0: Pretty, pretty high praise, but you can certainly see why we're bestowing it on them. Uh, another team that deserves a fair bit of praise is the number 85 Iron Lynx machine. Uh, this is the Iron Dames car. So the all female outfit, uh, in terms of their drivers. So this has a Sarah Bovy as the bronze rated driver and then a pair of silvers in Rahel Frey and Michelle Gatting. Now, so it's an all-am car. But uh, Rahel Frey and Michelle Gatting particularly come with a lot of uh, experience, uh, as far back as, as SRO GT1, even.
2: Yeah, and I think Sarah Bovey as well. Oh, I'm, really? I'm pretty, okay. I'm pretty sure I've seen her name pop up from the GT1. I now mean, just to check that. I'm pretty sure I remember talking about her in the past.
0: Yeah. In any case, while you do that, uh, Kiwi, uh, this has been a really cool initiative from Iron Links um, to to create a car uh, specifically for for women drivers to to get women into motor racing and to show that they can be at the top of the field. And these girls, this group of girls, has done a great job of honouring that and being competitive. I think they took a podium in their first race together in the European Le Mans Series, and uh, last year they raced uh, with uh manuela gossner as the bronze and finished uh in the top 10 in gtm yeah yeah so Sarah just she's
2: raced back in two th- 2007 fia gt
0: wow that's a the long Gillet, time ago
2: and and the gillette vertigo <laughs> the what <laughs> the gillette Gillet vertigo
0: oh my god i hate it <laughs> chris it, what, look, what have your thoughts been on the on the iron dames program
1: it's an absolutely stellar program um in, in, in the fact that it, it's it's working. Because, um, you know, they've been doing pretty good, obviously, the podiums in the European Le Mans series help a ton. Uh, Sarah Bovee, um she's been in the Michelin Le Mans Cup GT3 class. Uh, two podiums for her uh, in that championship at Power Card at, and Monza. And judging, and I have no reason to think, I didn't see an entry list for Road to Le Mans, the Michelin Le Mans Cup, event at Le Mans uh but I have no reason to doubt that she would also be there as well so she'll be getting more on track time and, and and uh Rahel Frey uh, used uh, I believe still does a little bit of ADAC GT Masters Racing at least she did in the past uh didn't do too bad then obviously uh well not obviously but Michelle Gadding. um doing very well in the Ferrari Challenge Trofeo Pirelli Championship, which is basically the main one. And she's currently leading the championship Mm. overall. So Michelle Gatting, in terms of what she's done recently, is is where I'm going to put my eyes on and see how fast she is compared to Rahel Frey. It's definitely going to be between those two on who's going to be sort of the leader, the fastest girl in the car but I, I, I'm i hoping for a top 10. I'm wishing success for this
0: team. Yeah, Gatting has been consistently the faster driver in that machine. Uh, Kimmy, what are your thoughts on the program?
2: It's a, it's a really good program. I think what programs to get women in motorsport don't come much better than this yep. because it's about getting females involved in the car. And we've seen it in DK, we you know you're trying to get them involved in the engineering side of it and stuff like that as well. So the more of this we see, the better. And it's the only way we're going to get that very disproportionate representation sorted. Having said that, I don't think this car is going to contend anything more than a top 10.
0: I, 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 I tend to agree. The The top 10 that they got last year was well earned. Um, and if they can keep that sort of consistency this year, I think that'll be a great, uh, a good achievement for them. They haven't had the best run of luck in the uh, ELMS, they've had a, a non-classified finish and a retirement in the ELMS uh, as that car, and in the uh, in the WEC, they've had a best result of sixth at Portimao. So not setting the world ablaze, but that's not really the point, is it? No, no. Don't think bigger than just the race. Yeah, I, I, I exactly, exactly. Right. Uh number eighty six is next. It's the GR Racing Porsche nine eleven. Uh we have mixed feelings about this car and we'll get into the why that is in a while. Uh uh bronze driver is Michael Wainwright, uh silver driver Tom Gamble, a name that you might recognize from the uh United Autosports program in uh the ELMS and the gold Raider driver is Ben Barker. So Wainwright and Barker have been driving together for a long, uh, long time in relative terms. I think since Wainwright's entered the WEC back in 2016 uh, and then Tom Gamble uh, an up and coming silver young silver driver is a good addition to that team. I think
2: it's a great addition. Um, he's certainly proven he knows how to steer a car, uh, but for me, I just can't get past Michael Wainwright.
0: That is that is the I don't want to say the issue or the problem, but that
1: is the the anchor of the team.
0: Uh, what about you, Chris? Do you tend to
1: agree? Yeah, I know the hatred around him, but uh, I think I think what Kiwi said, Tom Gamble, very very good uh, addition to the car. He was your twenty twenty. Let's see, he was champion in the European Le Mans Series in LMP3. Um, that was his most recent championship, and obviously won another championship in the junior categories. Uh, Janetta juniors, to be exact, and that was a very competitive championship. So he's definitely going to bring some uh, speed to the team, I think. You know, mark my words, this is a bold locked-in prediction. Throw away the key. Tom Gamble will be faster than Michael Rainwright. I mean, (laughs) duh. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) So, okay, so I
0: do want to – uh, just explain a little bit more about our ignominy, ignominy, and then the our uh, mixed feelings towards Mike Rainwright. Um, when he first came into the WEC, he was involved in a few incidents, uh, in traffic where he, when getting past, made contact with with drivers. Uh, the the most um. Dramatic of which was the issue at Silverstone with Brennan Hartley, where uh, uh, Hartley was going around the outside and uh, made, uh, they made contact, and it basically tipped Hartley over, effectively in the portion 919. Uh, on the uh, on the other hand, he did improve when the uh, the ISR. Nineteen, the uh, 2019 version of the 911 RSR came out, he he showed some market improvement in uh, getting on top of that car and performing well, and giving some actually consistent results. He even grabbed a podium, I think, last year. Uh, but something that happened this year kind of undid that, in my mind, and that was on the warm-up lap. Uh, sorry, not, not on the warm-up lap, on the formation lap out of the pits uh, in Spa, uh, he managed to... Spin the car and hit the wall, uh, which dropped them off the grid. Effectively, I'm not even sure that yeah, they, that was a retirement before the car had even made it to the grid. Uh, and y- you can't do stuff like that in a world championship. So that's 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 why we have mixed feelings about uh, Mike Wayne, right? So it, it, he could be consistent and great and fine, but he could also crash on the formation lap.
2: You can't do stuff like that in Millie Challenge at Winton Raceway.
0: Let alone at bar in the world championship event.
2: Yeah, that, so that's just rookie era, and he's forty six. He should know better than that by now. Yeah.
0: Uh, what sort of hopes do we hold out for this team?
2: Um, finishing. They don't crash into LMP ones.
0: They like hypercars. Yeah, fair enough. To be fair, last year this car did finish only two laps off the lead in GTE So they finished sixth. So it's not like when they have a good day, they have a good day. But yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> You can't really say on. much
2: more than that. No, it's, uh, unfortunately, this is not a car. You should be putting in your fantasy wick stuff,
0: or it would be a gamble. You'd have to take a gamble on gamble. Uh, uh.
2: Yeah, you'll <laughs> be you'll be a, a, a gambler.
0: Now. Uh, I I hate myself. Uh, number eighty-eight. This is a, m- a more consistent car. The number uh, the WC full season entry, the second Dem- Dempsey Proton car. This car has Dominic Bastian as the amateur driver, uh, Lance Arnold as the silver, and Julian Anlauer, a young Porsche driver, as the gold-rated driver. Now, this car had a bit of a story around it last year. Of course, Dominic Bastian uh, holds the record as the oldest man to start the Le Mans twenty-four hours, and he was. 88 years old? Is that
2: right? 19, he was born in 1945.
0: He's up there in age, definitely. So he's he's close to his 80s. Uh, and so that was, that was a, a, a noteworthy thing in itself. Uh, and last year, this car had... A tumultuous 24 hours of Lamar. Uh, I think it got crashed. I think it got crashed three times. Uh, We were sure it was retired. It was off of the forest S's, in the gravel, in the barrier, uh, and behind the wall for a long period of time. But somehow the car managed to get back to the pits, get repaired, get back out on track. Uh, But they were unfortunately unable to complete enough distance to be classified. But that was, we called it the zombie car because of how many times it refused to die. Uh, what, What are your thoughts on this car and this driver lineup? We'll go with Chris first.
1: <laughs> the fact that they got the oldest driver in the field, the oldest, you know, driver that ever started Lamar, um, I would say definitely going to be an anchor. Um, I think the, I think this with him in the car, trying not, not to be, you know, a Debbie Downer, but I think the main goal is just to Finch. Because is obviously a guy who's just there to race and have fun. He's not an am looking to, you know, you know, Race fight, fight one year, he's just there. Just yeah. he's rich and just wants to be there. So, but the fact that Julian and Lauer and Lance David Arnold, um, both but both strong drivers, but I think just going to be, be you know too, uh, just could be too anchored down by Dominic Bastian.
2: Now you said that how heavily subscribed subscribed is a 991 class in the twenty four hour series. Quite, quite okay. He has three third places in that class okay. over the last over the last twelve months, racing with Speed Lover.
0: Okay, okay, I can see that. I can see yeah,
1: that. So how strong is that class, though? I mean, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm they're just, only third places, Kiwi. They're not wins. But he, I'm just, I'm just proving that he's he's still
2: able to drive. He can still see the road. That
0: uh, that that's a good sign. <laughs> that 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 in my as much.
2: When you get to your seventies, that's all you need to worry about.
0: Yeah. Well, um, so we got in chat seventy-five years. He's the same age as Jackie Ix. Yeah. And I think you've got
2: the youngest driver in the race next to him as well.
0: The equal youngest. He, <laughs> may, he may not be the youngest anymore, but for a time, uh, Julian Andlauer and Phil Hansen were the equal youngest drivers in the in the field. Um, I'm pretty sure Charles Malesi is younger at least this year.
2: Yeah. And I guess the anyway, one we haven't really touched on much is David Arnold. Oh, no, no, sorry, not David. Lance Arnold. Lance, Lance David Arnold. Yeah, so I was right, David. <laughs> like, he's not done much.
1: Has he? Chris? He's been racing the 24 Hours of Nurburgring every year for the past I don't know how long. Like, he's yeah. been racing with the Haribo machine Mercedes. Um, and more recently, I think he's been doing some. He's been Mercedes, I believe. He does stuff with the Falcon tire Porsche. So he he's been racing, you know, at Nurburgring every year. It might might not be might be the only thing he does, you know, every year, but he's been racing. So why's so Junior
2: Junior and Lauer in this car? Pardon? Why Junior and there wasted away in this car?
0: Oh, uh, I he's he's the pro driver. That's uh, he gets paid to go where Porsche tells him. Last year he was with Luca Legere and Vitico and Ithra Fuvasic
2: god, god You've really you've really butchered that and you have to pronounce that name later.
0: Ithra Puvasic. F- I didn't butcher that. I got pretty close. Anyway, I'm not kidding.
2: This car, this car won't do much.
0: Oh, it, uh, if if they get to the finish, is that a good, uh, good, good result? Yeah, yeah. They can't yeah. go on the podium because Don Bastion probably can't climb the podium. Wow, like wow, wow! <laughs> so yeah, at the moment, Don Bastion is the oldest man to start the Le Mans 24 Hours, but he's not the oldest man to finish. So he's got to get that one. He's gonna, he's gonna finish the race to get that one. Okay, so we'll move on. The number ninety-five TF Sport car is the next car on the entry list. This is a car, I believe, that comes from the European Le Mans series as their main series. They're currently last in the European Le Mans series, unfortunately. As this has John Harshen as the bronze, uh, Ollie Hancock as the silver, and Ross Gunn as the gold. A young uh, AMR young driver, a young professional in that car. Uh, their results in the European Le Mans series. Uh, have not been stellar, but they did take pole position at Le Castellet before dropping down to seventh, which was their best result of the season. Uh, Guys, sport they're a quality outfit, but this team, uh, this driver lineup, hasn't uh, shown their full potential just yet.
2: Well, we're still in the retirement home because John Hartshorn's 64.
0: Very recently got married, I saw. Oh, really? Yeah, there was an article on Daily Sports Car about it. Ah, congratulations, Mosatov
2: um only hancock's an interesting name yeah yeah i think i recall
1: him doing some reasonably solid things behind the wheel of a car like one winner of the uh 2020 hours of dubai in the uh, 991 class
2: ah there we go he's the same he's about a month younger than me what am i doing with my life what are you doing with your life <laughs> who knows um but really this this car comes down to how much Ross Gunn can hold the other two up.
0: Yeah, how how far can Gunn drag yeah. them up? Yeah, and it won't be that far. <laughs> so uh, is this another team where finishing will be a, a good result for them?
1: Yep. Chris? Yeah, I pretty much in agreement with that.
0: Okay, well, let's move on to one of the possible race-winning contenders. We've got four cars to go. Uh, the second-to-last WC full-season entry is the number 98 Aston Martin Racing Vantage. This car is a fan favorite because it has... Not only does it have Paul Dallallana, who's probably, alongside Ben Keating, one of the most popular bronze drivers uh, around, uh, the big Canadian bear, um, and we say Bear because he's a big, cuddly old thing, not for any other reason. I'm just going to cut that out. Uh, the the uh, friendly Canadian driver. Uh, and then Marcus Gomez as the uh, silver driver, uh, a very competent uh, silver driver at that as well. And then a fan favorite, Nikki Team, as the platinum driver, uh, coming from the AMR Pro squad from last year into the Pro Am effort uh, to drive alongside Dalalana. This is. This is a quality lineup, but for for, for Delana, something always seems to go wrong at Lamar. Can't get it get it to the end, can he? Or can't get it to the end in a
2: competitive fashion.
0: It's always something, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it, yeah. it probably should have won back in twenty fifteen, um, were it not for a late off in the uh, four chicanes, which was a a fatigue mistake. Uh, but has won uh, GTM World Championships, has podiumed in every single race in the GTM series, uh. It's. I. I want to say it's a matter of time, but we all know these things aren't ever guaranteed. Yep. I think this is the strongest lineup he's been with. Even more so than um, Pedro Lamy and Matthias Lauda. I think Tim and Gomez are stronger. Even more than Augusto Farfus and Ross
1: Gunn.
0: The mm, Okay, maybe, maybe that, that that was who he was driving with last year. And they, they again, ran into problems in the middle of the night last year and finished five laps. Oh, no, sorry, six laps down.
2: Yeah. For me, the question is, where's Nicky Team's career at? Huh, that he, is a good question. He's sort of, and it's probably a question for another podcast, but he's, his career seems to be at a really weird spot at the moment. Like, he seems to have a habit of making wrong decisions, pissing the wrong people off at the wrong time, making silly stuff
0: online or silly statements. And it just, I don't know. Huh interesting that that's probably the subject of another podcast but I can certainly see where mm. you're coming from and I I think publicly land blasting his am driver the last in, in I think the British GT race or or a, a SRO GT race was something that was looked upon not very fondly um so let's hope that he can rein that sort of behavior in uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on uh, this driver lineup and Paul Dallalana's
1: chances? Oh, it seems that, uh, you know, Paul Dallalana, at least uh, from my memory, seems like he just has a string of bad luck at this race. Um, I know for a couple years stretch, it'll be about six hours to go and something would happen. Mm. Um, you know, hoping, hoping for some good luck here. Paul Delana, you know, well, probably one of the nicest people you would ever meet. Never heard a single bad thing about the guy, but I do want to bring some more attention to Marcos Gomez though. Um, 2015 stock car brazil champion uh did race imsa uh, in 2014 uh for the D- rolex 24 when when there was G- in the gt daytona class he also won the uh 20 let me get up here a second 2018 500 kilometers of interlagos in a Lamborghini Huracan gt3 Ooh, the nice. 30 edition of that race he also he has a very interesting career, which is why I'm bringing these stats into play. He raced in, in 2018. He raced five races in the, in the Arca Menard Series East, which is the stock which is a stock car championship, a NASCAR series, basically. What? So he had that little midlife crisis going. <laughs> in 2019, he raced in Blankpan GT Asia. 20, and also in 2019, he raced, he won the Santa Cruz de Sol round in the Brazilian Endurance Championship. And then he's been pretty much in car Brazil ever since with you know, outings and the GT stuff. He raced a couple, uh, he raced Daytona, Spa last year. And then obviously he, I think he was at Le Mans last year.
0: Yep, with Hub, Hub Auto Racing, uh, with Morris Chen and Tom Blomquist. Unfortunately, they didn't get to the finish.
1: And then last year he had the uh, ELMS win, running at Spa in the GTE class. And then this year he's been mainly focusing on Stock car, Brazil. Oh, and also 2020 Asian Hamad champion. Can't forget to leave that. No. Out.
0: So he's had a, a storied career, definitely. And he's been uh, competing in the um, the GTM class this year uh, alongside um, Paul Dallana. Now, that car previously has had Augusto Farfus in it through the WEC, but I think uh, Farfus... Is focusing on other racing? Is that is that why yep. he's not here? I
1: believe WTCR has a uh, conflicting round. Okay, as, same as Le Mans weekend. And he's, a, I think he's a Hyundai driver for that championship. Okay. So that's why he won't be at Le Mans.
0: Yep. So that's why we've got Nikki Team in that car. Currently sits third in the GTM championship with a second place at Monza, their best result. Uh, do we see the curse of Daleno Le Mans finally being broken this year? Gonna yeah, say
2: yes, but my heart's—that's my heart speaking. My head says probably not.
0: I—I'm sad that I agree with you. What about you, Chris? What do you reckon? I
1: think it's gonna be broken this year. I don't now. Do I say that's gonna be a win? Well, I don't want to speak on that just yet. But I do think that you know they're gonna make it as a finish, and I think top five.
0: Top five. I—I I reckon. I don't think I've got quite the lineup for an outright victory, but a top five would certainly be a, a good result for them. Uh, yeah, that, that's where I'm going as well. Three cars left, lads. Uh, the first of those, the number 99 Proton Competition portion. This has had a very late driver change. Um, so the expected drivers uh, were in the car right up until the very end of last week. And we got an announcement, I think, on Thursday that the driver lineup has completely changed. That car now features the uh, Wuttehorn v- uh, Intra-Fuversack. Uh, as the bronze driver, he's same as last year. Um, It also has uh, Florian Latour, a young uh, Porsche Super Cup driver, as the silver. And then Harry Tinknell as the platinum driver. Now, interesting note about this, guys. Uh, Harry Tinknell, when he starts the race on Saturday, will be only the second driver to drive in all four modern uh, Le Mans categories. Uh, So that's LMP1, LMP2, GTE Pro, and GTE M. Who was, the wow. first? Who was the first? You, uh, I'll, I'll give you a guess. I'll give you one guess each.
2: Uh, I'm going to say... Oh, God, I couldn't even guess. <laughs> um, More. Not not oh. he's driven driver P2. Um, Thinking
0: Sounds are a great content for podcasts, by the way. <laughs>
1: uh, give us one, Johnny?
0: You... Not Neil Johnny, no. Hasn't raced in GTEM, I think. Okay. What about you, Chris? Can you give us a hint? Uh, he is uh on the grid for this year as well.
2: I thought it, it uh, to 190 drivers, thanks. That's a hint. Uh,
1: I'm going to go out and say, if he's on the grid this year... Kevin Est. You've already ooh. had your guess, and it's not Kevin Est either. No. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's going to be a Porsche driver. I think I'm going to go with, potentially... This is what it was like when I did the quiz show. Yeah, I
2: know,
0: right? (laughs) Have I got my sandwich still up for that? (laughs) Please don't. Please (laughs) no. It's not Nick Tandy, no. Ah. Um, Unfortunately, both of you guys have missed out. It is uh, Jerome Blakemolen. Oh! Oh! Uh, who will be, uh, we'll talk about him next because he's in the next car. But yeah, Harry Tinknell will be the, the second driver to do that because he raced, of course, in LMP1 with the Nissan program, uh, raced in GTE Pro with Ford, uh, raced in LMP2 with, uh, I believe, Jota? Hmm. Sounds right. Uh, I'm just going to double check that. I know he has raced in LMP2, uh, and then this year will be uh, his uh, GTM debut. This
2: huh. is this is such a strange thrown together lineup that I actually kind of like. Okay, let's uh, give us your give us your thoughts on why it's strange. I mean, well, obviously you got the incredibly last minute nature of it. I'm assuming that's a COVID restrictions thing. Eh. Um, seeing Harry Tickno in a car that's not in a in a Porsche is going to be weird to me. You've got a young up-and-comer Porsche driver who's racing in Career Cup France this year, had four podiums.
0: And I, and I believe in
2: Super Cup as well. Yes, he is in Super Cup as well. Had three top fives, which is not bad for someone in their second year of, or third year of Super Cup. Not too bad. And the tyre driver, who I'm not even going to try and pronounce.
0: Come on, it's easy. It's, it's a Vitting Horn into a Rolls is- Rolls off the tongue. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
2: He's a name that around agent circles, I always see his name popping up, not always at the front of the grid, but he is quite experienced. he's well, forty six years old.
0: So yeah, this car with with Vitacorn behind the wheel finished uh eight laps down last year. And that car also had Julian Anlau, but that had Luca Legerie, who was a another Bronze driver in that last year, so uh, that's a, a bit of a step up in um, in yeah. proficiency, uh, you'd say, uh, with uh, Latour, a current GTE, uh, sorry, a current Super Cup driver, and of course Harry Tinknell. Yeah,
2: so verticon in 2019, he raced in Pro Am in GT World Challenge Asia, won the championship, mm. five wins, so and eight po- uh, nine podiums, so he knows how to. He knows how to drive these cars. Knows how to drive them well. I just, I just don't know if he's got the quite the talent to match some of the other AM drivers in the grid.
1: Yeah. What about you, uh, Chris? What are your thoughts? I, I, I was gonna, you know, Kiwi stole it right from out from my tongue. <laughs> that, you know, the blank pan GT Asia, uh, stats that, you know, he did really good there. Is it going to translate here to Lamar? We're just going to have to wait and see. And the fact that you got Harry Ticknell, and an up and coming, you know, Porsche Porsche driver. I, 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 I think this is going to do better than what people expect, because people are going to look at the tie name, not you know, not knowing who he is, and think that they're not going to do too well. I think this is going to be the sleeper. Yeah. It, that
2: that Vuitton Interpistus sack. Pethys- <laughs> he's enough. Yeah, he's he's solid. So really, if you want to, if you're playing. WECs, fantasy WEC. This is not a bad
0: pick, not at all. Now, I I want to uh, maybe. Oh, do I want to do this? Oh no, yes. I'll do this. I'll do this in private later. I'll do this in private later. We'll talk about Harry Tinknell. There's. There's a reason he's there in that car. We'll get to. We'll, we'll talk about that another time, maybe. Uh, we'll move on. Two cars left. Number three eight eight, Rinaldi Racing. This is a car that you may be more familiar with in SRO competition. Are uh, the uh sort of red and black Ferrari uh four eight eight GTE this time around. This has bronze driver Pierre Array. Uh, silver. Uh, so another bronze driver in Christian Hook as the two amateurs, and this car has Jerome Bleeker and Behind the wheel. So, on Bleak Molon, let's have a look at his Lamar starts. He started in uh, GT2 in a Spiker in 26, uh, 2006, uh, which, which then became GT... Well, I guess you could... Ooh. He's actually raced in GT2 and GTE Pro and GTM. So, we'll talk a bit about all of those. Uh, raced uh, in LMP1 in the Racing for Holland Dome. Uh, and then also in the uh, Rebellion Racing Lola uh, in 2011 and 2012, so that's his LMP1 starts. In LMP2, he has a class victory at the seat of a Porsche RS spider in 2008, as well as a run in the uh, Murphy prototypes. Uh, Orica, and the Keating Motorsports Riley. Remember when you said the Riley was going to be a top three finisher, Kiwi? That year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was. It was, I don't know if you look at the top speed charts. It was 20th <laughs> in class. You goose. Uh, and then has huh? a, a GTM starts again with Riley and with Keating Motorsport. Uh, and a GTE Pro start under peculiar circumstances in 2014, uh, where uh, with Cooper McNeil, where that car was initially listed for gte am uh but the silver driver that year had a accident uh and was not cleared for the race and so they were not allowed to get in a replacement so they had to step up to gte pro a accident huh a accident just yeah a uh, an accident whatever there we, there we go. Geez, for somebody who's a journalist. Oh, I'm a science person who writes on the side. I'm not a freaking linguist. All right. Anyway, <laughs> we're,
2: getting, we, we're getting sidetracked.
0: Yeah. Anyway, um, so so, uh, <laughs> Jerome Blackmolen has been everywhere, man. This will be his 16th Le Mans mm-hmm. start in succession. Uh, what about the other two drivers, uh, Christian Hook and Pierre Arret?
2: I know very little about Christian Hook, but given he's German, I'm going to assume he's done a lot of Nürburgring stuff.
1: Christian Hook was actually, let me pull up my stats, so well, he won a race in 2020 in the International GT Open in the AM class with Mercedes, and he's also your 2021 Asian Le Mans Series GT AM champion.
2: Oh, I know, like two cars in that class?
1: I mean, three, actually. Three.
2: <laughs> he won three races in DNF the fourth.
1: But that's about, as part of as the recent stuff he did, that's really the most notable stuff. And then, what about
0: Pierre Array? Uh, I'd expect he to be the, the man behind Ronaldi Racing, uh, at least as a driving
1: uh, point of view. Correct. Everywhere where Ronaldi goes, he's, he's, he's in
0: that car. And Ronaldi are one of the stronger AM teams in uh, SRO competition, aren't they? Well, it helps when there's only, like,
1: two other AMs. <laughs> <laughs> you can only beat who turns up. <laughs> right. And, you know, they, they and Rinaldi, I believe... If you know that Walken Spiegel, the Ferrari team that races at the Nurburgring, uh, I believe Ronaldi is also behind that operation. So, a little fun tidbit for you.
0: This is an,
2: but this is an AM car in a pro am
1: class.
0: Yeah, and that's going to be the issue for them. Uh, so, with that in mind, where do we think they're going to finish up?
2: I think this is. I think this car is, isn't going to finish. Oh wow! Ooh. Yep, I'm going to say top fifteen is an
0: achievement for them. I'd say getting to the finish line will be an achievement for them. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's probably true to me. Okay, last one on the entry list the number 777777, the full season WC entry from D Station Racing in the Aston Martin Vantage. This car has a interesting history as well, not only in the WC, but also at Le Mans, and it's because of Satoshi Hoshino, uh, uh as the bronze driver. We'll touch on his efforts at Le Mans previously, uh, a little bit in a moment. Uh, he is driving with Andrew Watson as the silver, who last year was driving for golf racing alongside Mike Wainwright and Ben Barker, and Tomonobu Fuji, uh, Hoshino's, uh, regular co-driver in, uh, Super GT and Super Taiku. Uh, this car is surprisingly uh surprisingly strong in terms of our uh, single race results. You got a podium last time out at Monza. Uh, uh, so it certainly has quality, but Hoshino H- has unfortunately built a little bit of a reputation for himself in the WEC as someone who uh likes to crash or, yes. or gets involved in accidents. Gets involved in accidents
2: and we, of course La- Lemon was it last year?
0: 2 years ago I believe
2: two years ago, 2 years ago yeah where he got involved in that crash and we just said I oh, I can't do this anymore
0: and like we we talked a bit about it at the time so the the, the incident was between uh Hashino uh, and I believe it was uh, Marcel Fazler in the Corvette through the Porsche curves uh, basically Hashino tried to leave the room and didn't leave enough room got his nose chopped off and uh, put the Corvette out of the race uh, and he came out afterwards and said I'm not comfortable in this race I'm not comfortable in this car I, I'm not comp- competing for the rest of the race and because he hasn't done his drive time at that point they basically had to pull the team um, but on one hand, it's it's very respectable that he realized that and made that decision for the benefit of the team in the race. But on the other hand, should he have really been there in the first place if he wasn't comfortable in the intensity of competition? Now, all that aside, he's, you know, then spent two further years playing his trade in Asian Le Mans series and now in the full the WEC. But he made a, a guest appearance in the WEC at Fuji and on the first lap, Uh, ran into the back of Paul Dallana and put both cars out of the race. Um, So uh, a bit of an an ignominious start to his WC campaigning, but this season has gone a lot better for them. It has.
2: And I think the fact that this car is actually technically a TF Sport car has helped. Okay. Yep. A bit of the, uh, because then you've got TF Sport sharing their knowledge with them as well. Mm. So it makes the car stronger, makes the driver stronger. Andrew Watson will be parting on a lot of knowledge this race as well, because he's been here before. And... That podium was actually a really, really good result for them at Monza.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris, do you have anything extra you'd like to add? I just want to say that you know the team itself, D-Station, was pretty much, when the new Aston Martin came out, was pretty much one of the first teams to be loyal to it because they raced in it the GT3 version in Japan. And I believe, apart from, you know, the uh, Lamar race, for the bunch of the new GT3s, where it wasn't Homaliated yet, yet, you know, raced. Uh, apart from that, they were the first team to win with the new car at the Five Hours of Suzuka in the Super Taiki Championship. And then they made, I believe they raced it in Super GT until the end of last year when they withdrew to focus on the uh, WBC campaign. So they know, these, these, they know this car. Uh, having Andrew Watson is going to help a hell of a lot more. Uh, Tony about Fuji um, experienced racing Super GT for a while and uh, Hoshino was really the only weak link but it seems to be improving when they got that podium at Monza.
0: Yeah if Hoshino can keep his nose clean this car is probably on for a good result and and something that I do want to mention now because we're talking about it it is quite hard to outgrow a reputation in uh in the WEC because the racing is uh, fairly infrequent and you generally remember a lot of these big incidents from the bigger races, like uh, the 24 hours of Lamar. If you, if you become known for an incident, it is very hard to then outdo that reputation. And I think that's why we're still a bit unsure about Hoshino. He's been mostly fine since, but it's just that, that what if factor of, you know, does that sort of thing happen again? Um, We are probably being a little unkind to them considering they are like, what, three-time Super Taiku champions or something like that?
2: Yeah. And I, I honestly, if he gets a good and and result in, I reckon a lot of that will just... Like it has with Kevin Escher, for example.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, Kevin Nish has just had season upon season of good results since, so that certainly helped. Uh, so that's the GTM list. That's 23 teams uh, featuring three times 23 drivers, so 69 drivers. Nice. Um, guys, give me... A top five and two supplementaries. We're playing Powerball. This is what we did in the the prototype one as well. You have to, you get to pick a top five and you get two subs as well. So you get to pick seven. Okay. So I'll give you I'll give you a little bit of time to think while you guys are doing that and putting your list together. Uh, we'll plug a few things happening around the sub. First of all, uh, if you haven't checked out our prototype. Uh, entry list discussion that was myself and Austin Zetsman doing that one make sure you get in on that as well um, on top of that we have a driver adoption program going at the moment so uh, if you want to get involved you want to learn a bit more about some of these drivers you want to pick a driver and track them for the weekend someone you might not know I, I know that uh, Kiwi is already reserved Jackson Evans so you can't pick him unfortunately but if if you really. if you wanna if you wanna pick someone uh, and sort of track when they're in the car, let us know how we're doing. It, you know, it's it's a way to sort of get the entire community engaged with some of the lesser known drivers. Um so that'll be really good. Of course, jump into your fantasy WEC if this has helped you out uh with deciding who you want to follow and who you think is gonna win. Uh jump into MW Clarkson's fantasy WEC competition and uh submit a uh an entry for that. It costs nothing to enter. And if you win, you get a little bit of a prize courtesy of our good friend, um, M.W. Clarkson, who's actually over in Lamar as we speak uh, during this podcast. Um, there will be a spotter's guide. Uh, the official spotter's guide of course will come out, but there's also going to be a fan made spotter's guide by one of our members of the subreddit who's taken it upon himself to replace the spotter's guide from Andy Blackmore after Andy Blackmore had announced that he wouldn't be continuing with that. So there's plenty going on around the sub. Of course we'll have race discussion threads, session discussion threads, our Discord channel will be going off. Uh, so if you want to get involved, definitely jump in. And there'll be plenty of nice people to, to help you out uh, throughout the event. Now that's enough it's... time, guys. Uh, let's go. <coughs> Kiwi Chris, give me your, it doesn't have to be in any order, your I'll... top five and two extra cars.
2: So 77. 77.
0: That's the Dempsey Proton uh, full season entry. Yep. Yep, that, that car is going to win. That's going to win. Wait. Wait. Yep. Oh. All right, oh. Then, the, and in any the order, we're going to have the 54 AF Corsa. So that's Thomas Floor, Giancarlo, Fischer Keller, and Francesco Castellacci. Ah, interesting call. Okay. Yep.
2: I then went with the 33, Keating Pierre Fraga.
0: Yep. So that's the TF Sport Aston. Martin. And then
2: I've put in the 55 Spirit of Race. Duncan Cameron, David Perel, and Matt Griffin. Very solid. Yep. And then, of course, you have to chuck in the. Italian stallion, the Satilla Racing 47.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay, so Roberto Lacorta, Corte, Sena, Giorgio Senegiotto and Antonio Fuoco. Interesting. Have I, have, I, have, I got, have I got the right one there? Uh, that's the yes, 47, yes. Yes, yeah, I have.
2: And my sups, I said the 56 Project 1, Perfetti Caroli Pereira. Yep. And for the feel-good, La
0: Lana and the 98. It is interesting to me that you have Completely neglected to mention the number eighty three A of Corsica. I think that's what I meant instead of the <laughs> the settler. Yeah. Okay. That, that's the Perodo Nielsen Rivera yeah. car. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. okay. Okay. That makes a bit more sense. Uh, yeah. Very very solid picks. Interesting that you've you've uh, put the Porsche at the top of that grid. What about you, Chris? What were your thoughts? What's your top five plus
1: two?
0: All right. Uh, I'm gonna go with I uh, think eighty three. So that's the AF Corsa car that we just mentioned. Uh, 77. The Dempsey Proton, the same one that Chris mentioned, Kiwi mentioned rather. Let's see. 55. Uh, again, the Spirit of Race car that Kiwi mentioned, Cameron, Perel, and Griffin. 46. Uh, the second of the Team Project 1 cars, the Dennis Olsen, Anders Burkhart, and Robert Foley mm-hmm. car. Interesting choice. And 33. Thirty-three, the the Keating TF Sport Aston Martin with Dylan Pereira and Felipe Fraga, and my, you, two my, two cup, extras,
1: the
0: ninety-nine, uh, the Proton competition, yeah. Harry Tignol, Vitacorn, Intro Puvosac, and Florian Tour car. And, and the seventy-one, and the seventy-one. So that's the Inception Racing. Interesting that you're picking the Inception Racing car, huh?
1: See, I, key, so new car. Obviously, they they the they They're gonna be using a test, the first time they'll pretty much drive the car. Um, teething issues aside, the, the driver lineup, because Brendan Uribe, he's not bad. Mm. Uh, he's, he's been running races and with, with bronze drivers, that was with bronze drivers, but he's not, I haven't seen him really do anything bad, like spin a lot of crash or go off. He's been pretty much you know, putting it between the white lines and keeping it on track. So that that's my reason why well, put them as a sub? Because, because yeah. obviously new cars aside, they might have issues. But with the line that they have, it's a. Uh, I think think they might have a chance at at least at least a top ten. Fair enough. Any, I, any cars you you picked up that we haven't
0: mentioned? So the two that really stood out to me was the number fifty six Team Project One car, the pathetic Cairoli Riccardo Perera car. That to me is that screams podium at at least um, with with the quality of a Gigio a gidio. That's a very hard name to say, Edgidio Perfetti. Um, and then the Iron Lynx, the current ELMS championship leaders, the number 80 car, Matteo Cressoni, Reno and Callum Eilot. Yeah. I'm surprised that neither of those got a mention from you two. Uh, it was it was tight for my subs, but it, I went with the feel-good story. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Now, uh, and uh, uh, Kiwi in particular, you have a reputation for making some pretty outlandish picks, don't you?
2: Catherine, are they right, though?
0: Uh, you often have one that is right and then a bunch which are just way off. Like, for example, saying that the Riley Mark Two in 2017 was going to be a podium contender when it finished 20th in class. Yeah.
1: yeah. In a class of 22. I mean, <laughs> I can't win them all. You can't win them all. <laughs> oh, good. Did Kiwi make, a, make a, this year's Lamar bet yet?
0: No, okay, yes, uh, our annual Kiwi Le Mans bet. What is the bet this year for Kiwi, Chris? Okay, so there's a brand of hot sauce out there,
2: that Cullys. They have hot sauces that rank from 1 to 10, 1 being like a nice, sweet, chili, 10 being Carolina Reaper. Oh, God, I don't like where oh this is God. going already. So what I want people to do, and I guess in the comments of this podcast, first 10 cars, they have to nominate 10 cars that they think get you know, 10 cars that they want. For each one of those cars that finishes the race, I progress down the scale one. So oh, at, no. So I start at 10. So if, if one car, you know, each car that finishes, they progress down the scale 987, blah, blah, blah. However, if none of the cars finish, I have to have double the scoops. The oh, my the, God. Double the, double the spoons. Of the, oh, my of God. Kiwi, you're going to kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. Last so podcast. What, so, what I want people to do... and I will consume it live on the next podcast. Song. Oh
0: no, I don't. I didn't consent to this. So,
2: what I want people to do in the comments of this is nominate ten cars that I have to keep track of during the race. So, you'll be getting every car then. No, I want. I just want to see There's a group of ten cars.
0: Oh my okay. god, you're you're. I I do not condone this. If you're if you're listening at home, don't do what this man is doing. He is so he is if, deranged.
2: So, if 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 the ten cars finish. Then I don't have to work. Then I don't then have ten teaspoons of the sweet chili sauce. That's fine. Oh yuck! You're the worst. <laughs> but if all ten cards don't finish, then
0: I have one teaspoon or one tablespoon of the <laughs> Carolina Reaper. Oh, that is. Gross. Gross and disgusting. And on that note, thank you very much everyone for listening. I hope this has helped inform you on where these dri- drivers, where these teams have come from and uh, give you a bit more of an idea of the quality in the GTM field. Uh, thank you, Chris. And Chris for your uh, invaluable contributions.
1: Yeah, before we head off, I would just like to say uh, the Discord uh, for our slash WEC, it's going to be a very, very fun time if you're willing to join us uh, during the week of Le Mans. Uh, most Probably towards the back end of Thursday and Friday, we'll be having uh, special events. I know uh, Friday they're in the works of a Kahoot trivia night uh, since just uh, racing at Lama Friday, but not any of the WEC For sessions. 90% are the, are the of the stream. So we'll have, a, we'll have a trivia night plus maybe uh, a vintage night. Uh, so we'll be probably in voice chat for Friday. And also, obviously, for discussions of the on-track sessions on Wednesday and Thursday. So, so it should be a very fun time. Voice chat should be active for the twenty-four hours of the month. Uh, and we'll have our. Pre- and as of right now, uh, we'll have our pre-show. Uh, hmm. normally which just about what hour and a half before stream starts yeah so we, we normally start at uh, 90
0: minutes out of uh, race start and then run it up until the screen starts uh, in earnest uh, with 30 minutes left to go so that so, be again, so as be... right
1: now that's going to happen
0: yep which is always always a loose <laughs> <laughs> yeah considering it's, we're it's sick
1: basically the the, uh, and the start. it's basically it's a dirty chat uncensored yeah exactly
0: uncensored being the keyword word there thank you very much Chris and also Kiwi thank you no problem always a pleasure and thank you very much for listening hopefully we'll see you during the week whether it is on the r wc discord server or the subreddit or in our uh, in our race threads or whatever it just it's as much involvement as we can get around the Le Mans 24 hour race it always puts up uh, surprises always uh, is a, a great story that unfolds Ivan Michael Zalavari thank you very much for listening peace out
1: you're going to kill yourself. Kiwi, you're going to fucking <laughs> kill yourself. You're an idiot. No, 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 no. no.